Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Beyond the Ropes, a boxing podcast brought to you by Easley Boxing Repeat. The place for the Northwest and boxing news, news, reviews, and interviews. Here's your host, Sean Basso. Welcome to episode number 29 of Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. Sean Basto here, your host, as always, joined by Cahill Jennings. It's been another great weekend for boxing. Uh, Cahill, how did you find last weekend's action? Yeah, it was, um, I don't know if I'd use the word exciting, but there were some good fights on. An, an, an interesting card, probably, from, from top to bottom, but kind of exciting times for the heavyweight division. I think it was one of them that they kind of had to get over this fight for the, the kind of really, really exciting part of the heavyweight division to come. So, no, it wasn't. It, was, it didn't It didn't set the world alight, but um, it, it showed us a new side to Anthony Joshua. So, all good stuff. Um, an interesting boxing weekend yeah absolutely um, I just want to go through obviously what's on today's show for the listeners that are joining us for this episode so as you've heard there from Cahill the first bill that we're going to talk about today is the AJ Parker bill and some of the fights on that undercard then got quite a few notable fights that happened last weekend which I said it on last week's show they flew under the radar a little bit so we'll, we'll cover them off we've also got two interviews on the show for this week one from Craig O'Brien and the second one from Stephen Ormond again as usual boxing history segment i've got quite a couple of decent ones actually for you today so i think you'll, you'll you'll enjoy listening to them ones then we've got what's going on next weekend it's pretty quiet overall but there is i found about six fights in total of some of them you'll already be aware of as listeners of boxing boxing podcasts of course but some of them you might not know about and i found them quite interesting to see that they're actually going under the radar a little bit as well we've also got the irish boxing updates segment uh, and then the most important part the news and gossip what's been going on in the past week i'm sure Everybody wants to listen to, to, to our take on what's actually been going on and, and also other things that have been going on. Again, I always say this, they fly under the radar because they don't get as well publicised because of the bigger stuff that's going on. So yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about it today's show. It's episode 29, I can't believe we're 29 episodes in already. And let's get to it and talk about Bill at the weekend. So, the biggest fight of the weekend obviously was Andy Joshua, Joseph Parker. You said it wasn't a, an exciting weekend for boxing. Uh, this particular fight, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, was an exciting fight. For so many reasons, if you're a casual fan 
and you look at Andy Joshua, you know Andy Joshua for knocking people out. Now, this didn't happen at the weekend. We didn't get that result. But what we got was a different type of performance from Andy Joshua with a little few little bits of stuff mixed in there, which I think was very controversial. It was for me anyway. We've seen Parker come in a lighter, and I said this in last week's episode. I thought if he comes in lighter than he normally does, he's going to go for speed. He's going to go for movement around the ring. He did go for speed and he did go for movement, but he just couldn't get in range whatsoever. The controversial part of this fight for me, Cole, was the fact that the referee had an absolute shocker. An absolute shocker for me. It reminded me very much uh, of Ricky Hatton versus Floyd Mayweather back in 2007. The way Joe Cortez was just breaking the fighters constantly all the way through the fight. I think there was one point where... I was watching it and they'd not even come together in any type of clinch and you could just see him waiting, the referee that is, waiting for them to come together to stop him and he even, I think at one point he jumped in quite very prematurely before they'd even come together and I was just, I was absolutely screaming at the TV because I thought this is absolutely ridiculous. The referee made the fight easier for Joshua in my eyes. Joshua put on a, a good performance. Some might say it was boring because he didn't get the knockout but he did what he needed to do in that fight. He boxed his way through it he kept Joseph Parker at range. Obviously, Joseph Parker couldn't get anywhere near him. Once he did get near him, the referee was stopping it. So it, it was just a bit of a... I, I don't call it a stinker because it wasn't a complete stinker, but it, it, it kind of ruined the fight for me in terms of what I was expecting. I did I did expect the same result to come out of it in terms of Joshua winning the fight, but I, I, I didn't expect the referee to be so involved. And it's one of them, people will always say this, you know, what if this happened and what if that happened? End of the day, we can't change what's happened now. We've got the result. Joshua wins. He goes on. We look at the big fights that we're going to talk about later on. But for, for me personally, that, that, that wasn't the greatest of nights for, for, for Joshua. It wasn't the greatest of nights for, for Joseph Parker. Although he did give a good account of himself. I think a lot of ex-people were expecting him just to be bowled over. And that didn't happen. And he took everything Joshua had to give on that night. So it was good to see that it wasn't what a lot of people was expecting. But enough of me talking. Cahill, obviously I'll come to you now because um, you said it at the top of the show there. It wasn't, he didn't really set the world on fire. And watching that back, what, what did you make of it when you was watching it? It was a fight that kind of promised a lot, but didn't deliver a whole lot. The only thing that I was kind of surprised at. And we saw a different side to Anthony Joshua. We saw someone who, at times, people can kind of go, if he doesn't get the knockout, he kind of he, he can look a bit desperate. Or maybe it's it, it, it's the kind of one thing he has, maybe a huge knockout. But we saw someone who could box at the weekend, somebody who could patient. I think the coming in at the lighter weight helped him a lot. He could uh, he could move out of range. He couldn't let. It was kind of one of them where every time Parker charged, Joshua kind of was was kind of light enough that he could move back. He kind of he could sidestep, and he 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 kind of made it. He knew that the kind of performance he needed to put in. So for me, it was kind of, we found out that Anthony Joshua is a proper, he's, he's a boxer too. He's not just a kind of go in there and, and, and get them out of there kind of merchant. Joseph Parker was one that kind of surprised me. A brilliant jab, kind of wasting shots a little bit at times. And I think the ref had a big part to play. Um, not, not a ref that I would recognize. Um, Italian, I think he's only ref something like seven world title fights. And a, and a huge fight that he was thrown in. And it was, he did spoil it a lot. I think Parker couldn't get in and kind of rough up AJ and kind of, maybe rubbing heads and stuff like that was just kind of he couldn't unsettle him he couldn't he parker wasn't able to get his work off on the inside like he he would have probably wanted to do on a on joshua so the the ref spoiled it but i think one thing that you can take away from that joshua showed himself he's he's, he's a proper boxer he's he he can he can box to a game plan and that that was the game plan if whether you like it or not anthony joshua showed at the weekend that he can box to a game plan he can go out there be smart not going to blow himself out trying to get Parker out of there because Parker could have went. I don't think he was going to knock him out. So 
he did, there was no kind of huge exciting moments. There was a kind of sometimes we're being separated. Joshua would throw a punch and stuff like that. So it was that kind of little bit of needle. I think the ref ultimately spoiled it. And I think both come out. I think Wilder isn't going to be too worried from from that performance. But it's still a huge fight with Wilder. And I think I don't think that's going to be the one that happens next. But I think Parker has announced himself. I think he's going to be in and around the mix now. He's not going to just fade away. And it's it's exciting times in the heavyweight division. I think Wilder and Joshua is is, is the big one. What we see in uh, Fury was called out as well. So hopefully, if the, if these fights do come off, we we can get some proper referees in. And there's someone who's not going to spoil the fight. Maybe from a a casual fan's point of view, saying what what's all the hype about? But for me, a, a great performance from Anthony Joshua did what he needed to do. And I think Parker looked well, so it, it fell flat a little bit. Didn't live up to didn't live up to the hype. I think we we have exciting times. Hopefully, still to come in the heavyweight division. I agree, and it was good uh, to see the respect between the two after the fight, and it was good to see some of the respect uh, Andy Joshua was giving. I mean, people slight him in in terms of it being this um, this machine that sort of is is told and fed what to do by Matt Room and Eddie Hearn. But after the fight, I don't know if you noticed, but he actually went over off the ring apron uh, and, yeah, and spoke to yeah. Joseph Parker's mum. And that that was that was really humbling to see. And it just goes to show you that no matter what people say about Andy Joshua, whether they think he's just a hype machine or whether he's just being fed by Matt Room or whatever, he is just a genuinely, he's a genuine guy. He's a genuine nice guy. He's a humble. He's shown the respect at the end. At the end of the fight, obviously we got the call out. The, the interviewer, I think it was Andy Scott, he, he was just pushing and pushing and pushing. He wanted, he, he wanted it, didn't he? He wanted Joshua to come out. And to be fair, if he didn't, if he didn't push him as hard as he did in that interview, I don't think we would have got the sort of entertaining moment of Anthony Joshua replicating Dillian White from the week before. I don't think we would have got that to be honest, because it just kind of felt like Joshua wasn't didn't really want to talk about it. He, he obviously seemed a bit like he was annoyed at a few things that had gone on previously, and, and obviously, you know, some of the comments that that we're going to talk about in the news and gossip section later from Wilder so it was just it was genuinely just just good to sort of see now what what that leads to and and as you said Joseph Parker uh, give a good account of himself and I think we will see him in some really good fights and I, I, you know a fight that sort of sprung out to my mind the type of fighter that he is I'd love to see someone like Dillian White and Joseph Parker go at it because there you'd get a completely different type of fight and with a different referee you'd get like a, a white Chisora style fight with them too that'd be a that'd be a great one but again with Dillian White we'll talk about that later on there's there's some news that, I've, that we've been talking about uh, this week so it's going to be interesting to see how the heavyweight division progresses and moving on to the other heavyweight clash on the card uh, it was one we, we we really wanted David Price to pick up the victory last week and unfortunately it didn't happen it was another highlight really knockout and Povetkin completely knocked him out cold it was uh, pretty brutal to watch to be honest with you when when the fight started uh, David Price he, he was he looked very tentative and I thought this is not the tactics that I want to see him coming out with he, he was standing right in front of Povetkin all, all the way through the fight and it was quite frustrating for me in fan mode you know wanting Price to do do the job on, on Povetkin and I'm thinking why is he just standing right in front of him constantly he's just he's like he's just a target he's making himself a punch bag but some of the stuff that he did was really good and really clever and when he hit when he caught Povetkin with that left hook and Povetkin went stumbling back into the ropes uh, you know literally cushions were flying in my house you know there was bits of chocolate everywhere Easter eggs going all over the show it, <laughs> it was ridiculous I really wanted him to pick up that victory uh, and unfortunately he didn't and, and what frustrated me is actually the next round after that 
he, he kind of didn't put the gears up on Povetkin and I wish he would have done because you never know what would have happened but now we've seen another devastating KO loss for David Price and now you know we, we see possibly a retirement for David Price what do you think? I don't know Retirement, it might, it might be down to David if it kind of going, what level does he want to be fighting at? I don't know if he's going to get another chance at maybe someone like Povetkin. I think today I was reading a report, he has something like 40 stitches in his face after the fight. So he, it sounds like he's going to need a, a bit of time to recover. So it's probably down to David. I remember talking to him before and he said that it depends the name he loses to. If, if it had been just any normal Joe Soap, that he probably would call the day. But Povetkin is, isn't, is, there's no kind of, there's no shame in losing to him, and he, and he, and what if the the third round had been about an extra fifteen, an extra fifteen seconds longer? Who knows? We'd be sitting here talking about something completely different. Would he, 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 he comes out with kind of his reputation enhanced. Strange to say, after such a devastating knockout, but it was such a shame because when he did rock Povetkin and he and he slumped back into the corner because. If the corner wasn't there, Povetkin was landing on his back. And oh, yeah. Was, you, were, you were kind of hoping, I don't know, he could kind of pounce, but the ref kind of jumped in front of Price straight away and he couldn't pounce. I know it was towards the end of the round, but he didn't, as you said, Sean, he didn't push through the gears. He didn't come out and try to, because Povetkin didn't look, he didn't look too steady when he came out for the fourth. So he didn't kind of press them. I think maybe that Price's kind of, his 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 game plan was maybe to take him late, kind of tire him out, let him kind of uh, blow his load on, in the first few rounds and then, and then take him late. But, I think Price's chin, like when he went down himself, first knockdown, it looked like a heavy knockdown, but straight away he was annoyed with himself, he knew, and he got back up straight away. So he maybe at a certain level he could um, he could still, he might still want to operate, and maybe who knows with a couple of wins under his belt, who knows what could happen, but he comes out with his reputation enhanced, and I'm so happy to see David Price kind of, I know it's a loss, but he gets the recognition he deserves. He, stood, he stepped in there with someone like, no one really gave him a chance. And he shows that he carry, does carry the power. Everyone's heard of Dave Price's power, but I, I can't remember the last time I seen Povetkin stumbling around the ring like that. And if he had it came out in the fourth, maybe the way he finished the finished the third, who knows what could have happened. But a devastating knockout. One of those where you kind of look away when you watch it in slow motion. You can hear the crowd kind of on and on when, when, when they showed the replay. A, a heavy knockout. And Povetkin's right in the mix with um, with the likes of Parker. And I hope, I hope Price doesn't retire. I think he has more to offer. I think he's... I don't think boxing has has um, done him too many favors, just in terms of he's been in there with drug cheats. He was in there with uh, with another one the other night. So who knows that Povetkin will probably be in around the, the British heavyweight scene. From I think people be excited to see him after that KO. But one person I wouldn't like to see retire would be David Price. I think he still has has something to offer. Who knows? Maybe at the domestic level, European level. But I think it'd be up to David. I think he'll kind of say if he if he doesn't feel like he can mix it anymore, he might say something different. But he's I can't remember the last time I seen Povetkin stumbling around the ring like that. And as I said. If the, the third round had been 10, 15 seconds longer, we might be having a different conversation right now. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. And I agree uh, with a lot of what you're saying. I, I I don't want him to retire. I do think he's got something to offer. I think that fight's shown that he does have something to offer. I don't think the stamina issues were there, which is, is, is something that has previously been talked about a lot. And he seemed to be very patient with what he's doing. Yes, he did stand in front of him too much for my liking, but he, he was doing the right things when he was getting his shots off. And as you've seen, the only other fight Povetkin's been in trouble like that is against Vladimir Klitschko. So it goes to show you that, that the power is carried in, in, in David Price's hands and he could probably knock probably most of the heavyweights out, if, if not every heavyweight out. <laughs> that that power's there. However, it's just what what level can he mix it up now? If he goes back down and looks at European sort of British level, could he compete at that? Well, yeah, I do believe he could because at the moment there is not a great deal of, of, of domestic British heavyweights that have not already broken onto the world scene. 
you know, you got like your Joe Joyce's Demetrius is always still floating around. You know, there's fight talk of a fight between them. So there's, there's Sam Sexton, there's, there's Huey Fury as well. They're fighting for the British title uh, in May. So you know, there there is people around, and you did say it earlier on, and and, and he, he did say it in an interview that it depends on who he loses to. He's lost to a guy who was the WBA champion, and whose only loss was to Vladimir Klitschko. Who now looks? Who now is the mandatory for the WBA title again? So he's got the opportunity to potentially fight Joshua. With so many titles, obviously being under Joshua at the moment, it's going to be difficult to sort of see how the governing bodies are all going to agree to to, to sort of sort that issue out, or whether Joshua is going to end up being sort of losing a title or, or what. I don't know. It's, it's it's too many titles for my liking. We've already said this before in previous podcasts, but no, I don't think David Price essentially should retire. But I think there's people calling for his retirement. And you know what? Actually, on on that note, I want to sort of say to there's a lot of hate going around after that fight for Derby Price. A lot of hate towards him. Uh, I don't think it was justified hate, to be honest with you. I think the guy got in there, and it, you know what? It took absolute bollocks to get in there after after some of the stuff he's been through as a fighter in his career. And he goes in, again, against someone who's previously been done for drugs and performance-enhancing drugs, and he gets in there, and the ropes save Povetkin, like you said, let's have it right. If that rope, the ropes wasn't there, he would have been on his ass in the corner. He probably would have got up, and potentially, if there was, like you say, a few more seconds in that round, could we have seen it? Maybe, but we'll know. Obviously, we'll never know now because it's, it's it's been and gone, and, and Price has lost. But fair play to him for stepping up and doing what he did. He he gave him the shock of his life. He gave Povetkin the shock of his life, and I think there was a lot of people rooting for David Price to win that fight. And I think there's a lot of people that won't want to see him retire. So I'd like to see what he's got left. I would like to see him on the British and domestic scene. I do think there's something still there. He's relatively young in terms of heavyweight. He's 34 and Povetkin's actually 38 and I didn't realise Povetkin was 38 until it came up on the night. I was like is he really 38? I was shocked. So it just goes to show you that there's still plenty of time left for David Price and if he's got what what he thinks is left in the tank then go for it. Fair play to him for doing what he did on Saturday night and, and trying and stepping up and takes bollocks to get in the ring and do it and there's a lot of people that'll sit there and slag him on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram or whatever but not one of them would have got in the ring and took a punch off Povetkin like he did. So there you go, you don't play boxing do you? It's as simple as that. So look Looking down the card, looking at the other fights, I think when I mentioned it last week, there was there was quite a few fights in this card which the, the, they weren't the way I expected them to go. I felt there was the writing was kind of on the wall for me personally when when I seen a lot of these fights announced. The world title fight for Burnett and Perejo, it went as as I expected. Burnett picked up the victory. He goes on now to a potential well. World Boxing Super Series bantamweight tournament. There's been a lot of talk of that recently, a lot of stuff floating on social media for that, but. He put on a decent performance. It was quite a workmanlike performance, but he picked up the victory and he moves on now. What did you think of the Burnett performance? Yeah, solid is probably is probably the word I'd use to describe it. Um, wasn't in any danger, kind of. It was like he almost wanted to get the twelve rounds under his belt. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that, that seems to happen with Burnett, his his skin seems to be so kind of every time it, there's a knock or there's a bump ahead, he's left with a deep gash on his forehead or around his eye, which is is kind of worrying when it's coming into the kind of this stage of his career when he's going to be in with some heavy hitters and those kind of fight, those kind of cuts are cuts that can stop fights. So uh, that's kind of one thing that I might take away from it a little bit. But a solid performance, an Adam Booth kind of performance, it was going to go in saying, you can get 12 rounds under your belt here. Everyone expects you to win, but go in there and get the 12 rounds. It's a good way to learn, a good, a good learning fight for him. So I think Burnett looked good. And it's it's one of those, if he's, he's going into the World Super Series, it, it, it would be an exciting kind of time for him. But it didn't, it didn't set the world alight. It was kind of, he knew he could kind of, 
yeah, I'd say pretty close through, and he did. I think we're going to see we're going to see more from Burness. I think Matrim probably a big plan for him. And if if the World Boxing Super Series is something he's going to enter, those kind of performances, like getting the twelve rounds. They're only going to stand him in good stead, so it's got, it's rounds of the bank for me. That's that's how I'd say that's how I'd see it that way. Yeah, I, I'll agree. And when I, when I said workman like performance, i.e. solid performance, i.e. did what he needed to do to get through the fight, got the rounds under his belt. Yeah, typical Adam Booth performance, I would say, for a fighter. He did well. He, he looked decent in doing it, and now he obviously moves on. And hopefully, if this announcement comes off about the World Boxing Super Series bantamweight division, then they, you know, this is where we're going to see the big fights for Burnett. Really, really excited to sort of see if that actually comes off. I don't know if it's been signed, sealed, delivered, but there's so many different outlets on social media reporting that this is going to be happening. So excites me to think about the type of fights that'll be in there and I think the one fight for Burnett is the Tete fight that's what everybody wants to see within that particular division yeah. so I think I think that's the one we all want to see and, and there's so many other people floating around that division that we could we could think about in terms of fights for Burnett it'd be fantastic if that actually happened but another uh, good performance which I enjoyed was Josh Kelly's as well I really enjoyed Josh Kelly he went in against uh, never been stopped before Carlos Benlina and he, he, again he looked pretty good and he didn't take too much in doing it as well and Again, he got rounds under his belt, so I felt like it was another workman-like slash solid performance from Josh Kelly. What did you make of Josh Kelly? Did you did you feel it was again just he coasted through it? Did you feel he coasted through it? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. He was never in danger, and I, I, you could watch Josh Kelly all day. The way he kind of slip shot, the way he kind of avoids it—it's almost like the fucking Matrix or something. <laughs> so he's, it's, he's so exciting to watch. And one of them that kind of he gets a he gets a title put around, he gets a title put around him, saying that um, I think it was Sugar Ray Leonard who had, had kind words to say about him. So I think Matchroom have big plans for kind of Josh Kelly. I think he might be kind of he has the look, he has the fighting style, and it's, it's just now putting in those performances like he did on Saturday where people are going to take notice and that kind of slipping shots, the kind of swagger that he has the other night. That's all exciting for people. Though so he he was in with a with a good operator, Molina, someone who wasn't coming in to fall over, wasn't coming in to lie down. So, once again, another solid performance. I think these young guys like Burnett, Conlon, Kelly, having Adam Booth in their corner is probably, is probably it's one of the best things that's going to happen in their career. If such a, a kind of technician, someone who studies every opponent in depth, but they're going in there, they know exactly what they're about to face, they know exactly what they can do. And the, once again, it was Kelly getting rounds under his belt. He gets, a, I think it was the WBA International, in against a, a serious operator, Molina, for the level that he's at. And he goes to, I think it's 6-0, and 7-0, and so... It's exciting times for Josh Kelly. Now, he's, I presume he's going to be on more of the matchroom cards throughout the year, and I'm sure he's going to build his record again. And if they keep putting him in with that kind of opposition, he's only going to get better quicker. So it's exciting times. I think Adam Booth is kind of a few years ago when he was around David Hay, George Groves. He was such an exciting trend to watch. I think we're going to get that again. I think Adam Booth is kind of in the next in the next few years going to show us kind of exactly where he should be. The kind of if he can get them at a young age, he can push them on to the next level. And I think. There's going to be world titles probably for for the likes of Conlon, for the likes of Kelly, and I think Adam Boot is going to have such a kind of such um such an input in that, and I think Matchroom are probably very excited with, with with Josh Kelly, and I think the other night it's rounds in the bank, so it's just pushing on for Josh Kelly. Well, moving on down the card again, Corolla quite early on. It was strange to see Anthony Corolla so early on the card on this one, but I knew exactly what this was. It was an activity fight. It was a chance for Crawler to, to get any any rust off for, for, from not being out since sort of September last year against Ricky Burns uh, and sort of puts him in line ready for an, uh, another, another big fight really now. And he, he, again, he wasn't in any danger whatsoever. He, he, he boxed his way through it in typical Crawler style, you know, really, really active, really on point. And his opponent, I don't feel, had a lot to offer back, but... 
he stayed with him there for the distance of the fight and, and Crawler picked up the victory and, and now we sort of speculate as, as to how Crawler's going to move forward in his career and whether we're going to see a potential fight in the future. You know, is Luke Campbell going to be a potential opponent? It keeps getting talked about, but like last week's uh, episode of Beyond the Rocks Boxing Podcast, we talked about there's a potential of Luke Campbell facing Ivan Mendy again, you know, for if, if Mikey Garcia decides to, to vacate that title, but... Then I've also heard again that he's not making the title, so you don't really know what to believe. But it's it's a lot of really good speculation to to, to sort of talk about. And for Anthony Crawler now, I think one one more world title shot is deserved from him. It's just who he, who he's going to go in against now, and, and how that's going to get made, and when that's going to get made. But again, it was it felt like a, a show of workmanlike performances uh, on Saturday night, and and this was another one really with Crawler, but. Where do you where do you see him going now? And again, how would you assess that performance on Saturday? Yeah, good performance. He, it's another one of them, a solid performance. I think the matchroom card the other night was was built how they wanted fighters to get wins under the belt against decent opposition. Ramirez for me looked a bit kind of heavy at the weight, a bit flabby at the weight. Didn't offer much, but Crawler can only beat was put in front of him. So he's coming off two wins now, one of them against Ricky Burns. So maybe maybe a, a chance at Beltran. I'm sure if, if that fight came off, I think Eddie Hearn would have um at the dollar signs in his eyes. He, he could probably see that. He'd have some big fights then if Anthony Crawler was to capture the, the the WBO crown. So I think Crawler has options now. And if the Campbell fight is one that maybe if he could get a world title under his belt, one of them, it becomes even bigger. So hopefully Mikey Garcia does kind of um, does release one of the one of his titles there because I think he has a he has a lot of them. So who who knows what what what's next for Crawler? Because I don't think he wants to hang around for fights like the other night. I think he wants big fights, big paydays. And I think he probably has another one or two of them left in him. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm looking forward to seeing how his career goes. Obviously, I've always followed it from day one. So I really want to see what what happens and whether he gets one more big fight. Ray Beltran, possibly. We'll see. But I'll tell you one performance that did really impress me. And I didn't feel like it was a workmanlike performance. Was Joe Cardenas against Hakim Ben Ali? That that was a performance that, that stood out on that card for me. That that was. Ugh, I hate to say it, but I think that was possibly like a little bit of a show stealer, especially if you're a purist. You know, if you were casual, you'd probably say that the AJ Parker or the Price Bevetkin ones was the, 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 the show stealers, but no, I think the Cordina Ali fight was, was quite a show stealer for me. I thought Cordina performed really, really well. And then to get the stoppage as well, it just shows, as you've said previously on the episodes, he's one to watch for and he's really starting to sort of come in his own now. And I think he's going to do big things. I really do. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see how his career progresses now. And he's talking a lot about having these big fights so early on in his career. He, he looks like he's ready, but... Do you think he's ready for these big fights so early on? Yeah, but you have to give it to him. Like it takes balls to kind of say, yeah, I want to be, I want to kind of be in the bigger fights now. He's he's only he's not even had ten fights yet. And you want to hear them talking like this. You want to say, no, I I, I feel like I'm above this level. He does have the amateur background, which was standing in good stead. I think it's time where they kind of say, right, let's take the reins off these a little bit. The likes of Joe, Josh Kelly, the likes of Joey Cordina, where they kind of say, no, let's put them in the big fights. They want to be in the big fights. Like a blemish on the record isn't going to be anything if they've been in a good fight. They've actually said, yeah, I was the one who put myself in that fight. So you don't want them kind of getting to 16-0, and 17-0, and, and they've fought nobody's. You have to respect Cordina, and they're so exciting to watch, especially Cordina the other night. It, shame he was on so early where the kind of stadium was a little bit empty, and it, it kind of it might have fallen under the radar a little bit. But they're going to get to see Cordina, maybe on a, on a show like the, the Bellew Hay card or... I'm sure we'll see them out in, in, in matchroom cards coming up in, the, in in June and stuff like that. So I'm really excited to see what Joey Cordina does. It's him and Josh Kelly are the two that are coming through. I think Buatzi is another one. So 
those three, I'm just so excited to see what Matt Room can do with them. Hopefully push them a little bit more up the card. But even to be on these cards shows what Matt Room think of them. So a, a, a great performance here tonight, almost flawless in in, in, in what it was. But I, I want to hear these young guys calling out, not even calling out, but saying, you know what, I, I feel like I'm above this level. Maybe I'm a level above it. I'm ready for the big fight. So push them if they want to be pushed. And, and that kind of thing is just going to, it's going to endear to the fans. Fans will, will swarm to them to go, here, this guy's out now. And he's challenging this guy or he's challenging that guy. He's challenging for this title. That's what you want to see with these young guys. And it's like Cordina's only 26. He has plenty of mi- plenty of mileage on him. So 20, plenty of miles ahead. Sorry. So that's what that's what I'm excited for. I'm excited to see the likes of Kelly have maybe cards built around them now. I think we're going to see one of them in June for Kelly. And maybe Cordina deserves one in Wales himself uh, on his own. So exciting times ahead. And I think Matrim are going to be they're going to, they have exciting times ahead other than just what Joshua has to offer. And we also seen Joshua Boazzi pick up the points victory. Uh, it was the first fight that went the distance for Joshua Boazzi, but again, he just looks so good and he's just another guy that we were just talking about, Joe Cardina there. Another one from that crop of fighters uh, that have come through that, uh, you know, they're really looking really good and I'm really excited to see how Joshua Barazzi's career goes as well. It was, um, I think a lot of people were expecting him just to blow his opponent away because his opponent obviously had a bit of a, a 50-50 record. But he, he stayed in there with him for, for the distance. Obviously, it was only a short, short four-round fight. But at the end of the day, it's good to get the rounds in. And it's not always beneficial for a fighter to just to knock people out because you don't really get the opportunity to, to show your boxing skills. Much like the Anthony Joshua fight at the top of the bill. That's the first time we got to see Anthony Joshua go the full distance of a fight and actually have to use his boxing ability, which a lot of people were questioning how good his boxing ability was. And he, he obviously shown it was good. So the same with Joshua Barazzi, he got to show his boxing ability uh, earlier on on the card uh, so I was really happy for him to pick up the victory and, and, and we've talked about it so many times but I can't sort of stress enough how, how much these guys are going to go on to, to do really big things and, and good fights that they're going to be in and if you don't already follow them you need to be following them because they, this is the future for especially for British boxing anyway uh, you know, you're know you going to see these guys in some good fights in the future for sure I want to sort of touch on some of the fights that we said at the top of the show that they got some coverage over the weekend but they Flew under the radar much, much because of the, the the big fight with AJ and Parker really, and, and that particular bill. So Liam Conroy defeated Miles Shinquin for the English light heavyweight title. It was the first, I think it was the first or second defense for Liam uh, in this one, and I managed to watch the fight the following day. Now there's been a, a little bit of controversy over this fight in the past few days on social media. Now there was a stoppage. Uh, the referee stopped Miles Shinquin. Didn't feel there was any position to continue. But throughout the fight, there was a lot of rabbit punches uh, thrown and, and landed, whether it was intentional or whether it was unintentional from Liam Conroy. Uh, and there seems to be a lot of uh, talk on social media about this. A lot of angry people, obviously Miles included in that, and a lot of people sort of seem to think that that was a general consensus that there was too many rabbit punches thrown. The referee didn't do enough about it and obviously it affected, affected the way the fight went. But it's a difficult one because the uh, the event's been and gone now. So what what really can they do to change it other than get a rematch in that particular one? Cahill, did you catch that one at all? Or did you get a chance to see it the next day? No, I, d- I didn't catch it. I have seen a kind of few reports of people kind of saying almost pissed off at the results. So if they, if they can call a rematch or they can they can almost, if, if a no contest is something they want to rule, but I wouldn't be surprised... I, those kind of things don't usually happen in boxing. So no. it'll be one that Shinkwin has to take on the chin, but I think he's, I don't think he is, and I think he's right to kind of be a bit miffed by it. I think what's going to happen 
is there's a potential here for Liam Conroy to be maybe a, an opponent for Frank Boglione because obviously Frank Boglione is coming off that loss now to Callum Johnson a couple of weeks ago. I've interviewed Liam before and I know he's trying to push that big that big shot and there's a potential day he might get that shot against uh, against Frank Boglione so we could see that but then there might be that much talk of a rematch that the rematch might just happen it might make business sense to do the rematch we'll just have to wait and see but I know both sets of fans for, for, for the fighters you know we're arguing the, the, the two and four against arguments about this particular fight so it'll be interesting to sort of see how that develops and whether anything develops out of it or whether Miles has to take it on the chin like you say and move on and Liam goes on to maybe a bigger fight but there was another fight on that particular card it was Declan Geraghty beat John Quigley over the weekend which another another great fight I don't again did you catch that one at all yeah I caught the highlights of Declan of his fight and after his loss to, to Tennyson he's kind of come back and he's come back well he doesn't carry the, the biggest power but it's exciting to see a, a young Irish fighter kind of he's picking he's getting his record back and it was it was disappointing to see him take the take the loss to to Tennyson, but three three wins on the spin now, all by points. So he's co- he's coming back, and he ha- he has a good record. And Declan's one of them that good, good personality. So it'd be exciting times ahead if he if he can keep on the winning track. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. It was a good little card over there in Preston, and there's a couple of guys that I want to give shout-outs for on the podcast because they've been on it before. Uh, we had Ben Sheedy on last week. Uh, he'd had an interview on the podcast, and he picked up the victory over Daryl Sharp, a tough row forehand fight for him there. We had Mike McGoldrick, who picked up his first professional win. Damien Chambers, trained by Matthew Hatton. Exciting cruiserweight one to look out for in the future. They all picked up victories. Uh, another one that we talked about on last week's podcast was Robbie Davis Jr., Go Going in to try and get the revenge on his opponent, whose name, as I always say, I can never pronounce these Eastern European names. But he picked up the victory in in the strangest of fashions. And when I say the strangest of fashions, I mean it was a repeat of the first fight, except this time it was in favour of Robbie Davis Jr. He dropped his opponent three times and got the result TKO in round number 12 of the fight. And I, I only managed to catch highlights of it, but I do believe it was actually streamed on YouTube, the, the, the actual that particular show. So Robbie Davis Jr. there picking up the, 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 the revenge. And it's not something you normally see happen, to be honest with you. You do get a lot of these fights where you expect the first fight was close, so we'll get we'll get a rematch, and the rematch doesn't go to plan. And I think the, the most notable one for me would be the George Groves and Cal Froch one, the, the the stoppage in the first one, and then you couldn't really argue with the second one because it was a clean knockout. Mm. But um, Robbie Davis Jr., what have you seen much of Robbie Davis Jr. and, and what are your opinions? on him and, and did you manage to catch anything I know it was pretty difficult because there wasn't a lot of footage going about but did you catch anything at all over the weekend yeah no I got, I got the highlights just like myself Sean and Robbie Davis Jr is someone that he, he has a really good record and he did a better opposition lately and good to see him get the revenge in line I think everybody knows Robbie's backstory so it's great to see him doing well someone that I, I'd, I'd love to get on the podcast because he, he's exciting maybe a fight that goes on YouTube is always going to kind of go under the radar it doesn't get the promotion it deserves but picking up the revenge is always something when you hear when they kind of get it back. When you've seen Cal Froch get it back against Michael Kessler, you kind of say, yeah. oh yeah, well that's kind of almost scrapped off because he, he, he's got his revenge. So it's always kind of exciting when you know there's a kind of, there's something there for the other one. So it's good to see him kind of get it, get it back and kind of, and and in, to do it by knockout is also is also a good thing. So Robbie is kind of, he, he's back on track and he has, he has a great story and he, he's someone that I really want to see doing well. 
Yeah, me too. And I will get in contact with him. We'll try and get him on the podcast to get his thoughts on that and how he feels about that victory. I'm sure he'll be absolutely pleasing over the moon with that one and what his plans are for the future. So moving on, also over in America this weekend, obviously good friend of Celtic Warrior Jim Jason Quigley picked up the knockout victory in America, which was fantastic to see the highlights of that on Sunday morning. I managed to catch it and I was really impressed with his performance over there. And was his opponent previously an opponent that had never been stopped before? Am I right in saying that or am I just dreaming that one up? Yeah, I, I'm not sure, but the, the body shots are something that if he couldn't take them anyway. And I think Jay coming back off, Jay coming back off, kind of, he was he was out a long time. So comes back with a win. Jay over is building it, building the name over there, and you'd look kind of he's a proud Donegal man, and hopefully maybe one day we'd kind of we get him on these shores. He seems to always be over in America, so he's he's with Golden Boy, and he's 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 really building himself over there. He's, he carries power as well, and which is kind of for the way he's at. The power is what he's going to need and it's kind of exciting times ahead for Jay because after being out he could have maybe been a bit flat and like the other night he could have come back with kind of yeah just kind of get the ring rust off but he looked great he looked in in in, in, in flying form so the body shots is what did for Cruz and I think what what we want to see next is uh, Jason maybe picking up kind of maybe a title over there maybe picking up something that um, that he can kind of almost that he can kind of use as a kind of bargaining tool for the big fights because if you're going to be boxing over in America you want those big fights and I think Jay is going to get those big fights at some point this year because looks the part, speaks well, really nice guy, and those kind of performances. If you can pick those body shots against anyone, the power that Jay does have, he's going to he's going to give a lot of fighters um, a lot of tough nights. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to seeing Jay's career as well. I think it'll be really good to see how he progresses now. He's quite a few fights in. I think he's about 13, 14 fights in or something like that now. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the Irish boxing updates a little bit later on. But I just want everybody to hold that thought for just one moment. At this part of the show, I just need to give a shout out to the sponsors for this particular podcast. It's Steroplast Healthcare Limited. You've probably heard it at the top of the show on each episode, but I wanted to give them a shout out during the middle of the show and talk about some of the products that they do. Over in the Northwest, they do a lot of gym visits, in particular to uh, Champs Camp and Better Body over in Denton, previously well known for Ricky Hatton and Matthew Hatton training over there, but they go around, they do a lot of fantastic products, in particular for the boxing world, and the ones in particular that a lot of the fighters are using at the moment are the Steroplast boxing wraps, which have been recently released, which a lot of the local fighters are really swearing by at the moment. We've also got the Sterotape Zinc Oxide Tape, which... Again, a lot of the fighters are absolutely swearing by this at the moment. So much so that Jimmy Keller Jr., who's fighting next week, who we'll be talking about shortly, has actually had a box of it sent over to Australia for his fight. So it's quite interesting to see how all the fighters in and around the local area are are swearing by it. But that's not the only thing they do. They're well known in the boxing community for what they do, but they actually do a lot of other products. They provide different equipments to emergency rooms, hospitals, vets, and they do different sports tapes for for people that compete in MMA, rugby, football, lots of different things. Defibrillators, we all all know about defibrillators and how more of them should be out and about and on the street and they're ready for when these events happen, especially at football matches, things like that. So if you've not already heard the advertisement at the start of the podcast, Get yourself over to steroplast.co.uk, see some more of them products, especially if you're a fighter that listens to this podcast or you're someone that does take up boxing. They've got some really fantastic products over there. So thank you very much, Steroplast, for the sponsor in the podcast. Just want to move on then to 
the, the next part of today's show. And and really, it's to get the, the next interview on. Now, Carl, I think you've pretty much done the Celtic Warrior, Jim, in terms of interviews. Is there anyone you've not interviewed yet? <laughs> no, I seem to be getting all of them, and they're all great guys over there. And they all have a brilliant story. So it, it, it's exciting to get those kind of guys because it's a gym that is really buzzing at the moment. And I think I think over the coming days, it's going to be buzzing even more. Well, the first interview that we've got is with Craig O'Brien. So I'll stick the Craig O'Brien interview and now have a listen to his chat with Cole and let us know what you think. And we'll come back to you in about five or ten minutes. Craig, if you just let us know how you got started in boxing. I started, my father brought me first boxing when I was about eight or nine. I started in Corinthians Boxing Club as a, as a kid. And then before I knew it, I was like 13 or 14. And the years went by and I was still there and I was enjoying it. Yes, that's, that's basically As a kid, you just start and you just don't know. And before you know it, then the years... Years got boy and I was still there, so I just talked to it. And is boxing something? Uh, did you follow it as a as a young guy? Was it something that uh, we was it something that you watched? Um, something yeah. that, a sport that you followed all the time? Yeah, well, at that age I was only eight, so I, I didn't really know a lot about it. But then when I got thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, I really took to it. I used to watch the likes of Hunt. Um, if I, I Nassim was on back then, I used to love watching Nassim and used to get the tape text of. Uh, Ali and that so but, but by that age I was well intrigued and I was I, I was betting to yeah more or less I loved it then. Yeah. And you're someone who, if anyone knows your story, you kind of have you had issues away away from the from the boxing gym. How did boxing help you through those kind of times? Yeah, boxing has been massive in the last few years for me. Obviously, when I, as I said, I started when I was eight and, and I stayed in boxing until I was like fifteen, sixteen, done smaller probably when I was seventeen, but then. I saw I went down the wrong track and fell out, fell out of love with the sport and thought, thought I knew everything at that age, but I didn't, you know. So in in, in, in from like 17, I was 22 or 3, I was actually away in boxing completely. And then it was only when, when I fell into boxing. I'm only back in boxing about four years that I met so many people and it literally tore my life upside down, like completely different. So boxing has been nothing, nothing but good to me from even as I was at a younger age travelling around with the amateur squad and all it's, it's, it's great for any kid to get into and I'm just thankful and lucky that I fell back into sport and it's done, done tremendous for me yeah Brilliant. And what's it what's it been like uh, training in the Celtic Warrior Gym? I know you've changed over there now recently. How have you found the the transition and working with them? Yeah, it's brilliant. Like when I first started, I was home pro in 015. It was me, me, me and Noel Bourne as coach, and we three fights together. And I happened to be on out sparring the boys, the likes of Luke Keeler and Spike, and it was great mix now out there. And then before I knew, it, I just fell in there, and I, I, I stopped. I, I was inactive for like 15, 16 months, but I kept going out there and doing little bits on the buses. On the bus, I get the bus out every day, and I just kept there, even though I had no fight, to help the boys out sparring and that. And the opportunity came then, this time last year, to have a fight after like 16, 17 months of red corner promotions. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And at that stage, I, I was out there training, and I'd be talking to Pascal, and he wasn't training at that stage. And I was like, Pascal, would you train me for it? And he's like, I would, yeah. And then I just took off, and now Pascal's looking after me. I'm part of the category of gym where all the lads, you know, you spikes. As you know, you've Ray, you've Steven, so we've got a good, good breed out there in Calabar of Boxer, so it's, it's it's brilliant, you know, it's a good bond out there, and everyone, big family, everyone pushing each other and helping each other out, so again, that, that, that that's a big part that played in my life in the last few years as well, is landing in there, you know, so they helped me out loud and support me loud, so it's, it's, it's excellent. Do you think maybe without boxing, Craig, that you might still be in that kind of, that phase of your life? A million percent, yeah, a million percent. Listen, as I said, like it's, I wouldn't be just the only one, but if you look at 
من من یه باکس استار از دیگه دیگه من از خواب لذت می‌دونم با پلیش نه من and you just think and how everything where I did and then I ended up spelling prayers and I was out and I was messing about and again it was it was only that I came right back to the gym and I met good people and boxing that obviously when I done it at a younger age I still had a bit of pedigree and I knew what I was doing so I fell back in there so boxing yeah without boxing God knows where I'd be but yeah, I came so far and saw a short space of time that I don't actually sit down and look back. I don't even want to sit down and realise where it came and what I've done and achieved in the last few years. Like, not just apart from boxing, you know what I mean? Like, outside of boxing, it'd be family and me as a person. Like, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And, it's a hundred percent down the boxing. As you said, you're someone who's you've progressed very quickly over the over the last uh, the last eighteen months around that kind of time. Um, how do you feel you you've progressed yourself? Um, do you feel like you're proving improving with each fight? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, as I said, like I, I had the three fights. Like what we what, what March, April, April now all eighteen. So I turned over. Then I turned over the fight oh 15 so I'm only three years really in it but in, in between them three years I've been out for like 16, 17 months so I'm, I'm still only a young I wouldn't say novice pro but I'm a young pro but the, the progression from when I first when I first fight to now has been has been tremendous like when, you, when you're forced to a four round you think to yourself Jesus why never get to a ten round and in my last fight I've done a ten round and I've actually done a comfortable but that's down to camp after camp and learning and building the engine and progressing and again being around all the lads out and tell the warriors. So yeah, like the, the the progression has been great, but I I, I feel there's gonna be a lot more for me to give. I feel after again after the next camp and the next ten rounds I'll only get better and keep keep improving more myself. So it's good. I picked up two belts in the last six months, but I feel like I have five fights in the last twelve months, and I picked up two belts. But I feel like I've so hard to give and so far to go. Like I'm, well, I'm twenty-eight, not twenty-nine, at the end of the year, October. So yeah, I feel I feel I've a long way to go still. So looking forward to the journey. And what? And how? How would you like the rest of the year to go? As you said, you've been busy, you've been picking up belts and stuff. But like how? How do you see the the rest of two thousand eighteen going for you? Well, 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 that that, that, that was my first ten round. That was it. Was last month. So. I think I, I, well I am on helping spike now and can't be spared last week we have a sparring session tomorrow and another one then before the week's out so I'm going to be with him I'm back training I'm back in strength and condition this morning down in Ashbourne so I'm, I'm mainly back training twice a day so I'm going to be with him up until whether we don't know whether he's going to fight Golovkin or what fight it's going to be it's looking like it could be Golovkin so I'm going to be with him up on down Vegas and they're going to bring me Vegas as part of the camp as well so well, look at the, uh, why I'm going to be in the gym, I might as well fight. So we end up the sixth round out in England in mid-May, and then we think we could be back out over a ten-round bill or an eight-round bill in the start of July. So, again, like, listen, the, 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 the thing about winning belts is people are going to want to fight for them and take them off, you know what I mean? So we're going to have to keep training hard and keep progressing, but I'm up for the challenge, and I, I, I love the game I'm in at the moment, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, you know. As you said there, you're working with Spike. Uh, it must be kind of exciting times at the gym, kind of Spike being linked with kind of fights with Canelo and Golovkin. How excited are you yourself, who could looks like you're going to be well in the mix with that camp? Yeah, listen, it's, 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 it's tough as rains, isn't it? Like when, when, when you actually think of it, like it's, it's, it's whatever boxer, we're, we're, we're all boxers dream of, you know what I mean? And, and it's looking like it's going to happen now. And I see 
I see somewhere yesterday on Twitter that if, if, if Canelo doesn't happen, it's going to happen in MGM Grand with like Golovkin and, and Spike. Like that's, that's, that's mega boxing. Like that's, that's stuff a dream. So even to be part of the camp, it's unreal. And then you see like Dennis Hogan was, was tweeting there earlier saying he's back for April, that he'll come out and do a bit of sparring as well. So he's on a world title eliminator as well. So for me to be around these boys and, and being involved in it, it's just, it's unreal for me. You know what I mean? Again, if I look back from where I was to where I am now, it's it's crazy to even think of. But at the same time, that's down to myself working hard and putting the work in and crafting my ass off basically for the last few years, you know what I mean? So it, it, it's super to be part of it. And uh, I, I, I really hope it happens for Spike because he's a top man, he's a gentleman in the sport. Everyone I know that you see it through Twitter, people that text him, he texts he. He'll never, he'll never not reply to anyone, you know what I mean? So, if it happens for him, which I think it will happen, it'll be over the moon and to be part of the camp makes it even more exciting, doesn't it? Someone who, a Celtic Warrior um, colleague yourself, Ray Mullet, was out at the weekend. Did you did you happen to catch Ray's performance? And if so, what did you make of it? Yeah, he boxed, he boxed very well, Ray. Yeah, I think, I think the, Ray's a very good boxer, you know what I mean? You see him in the gym, he's, he's, he's a gold medal uh, amateur, isn't he? He's, he's won numerous titles as an amateur, so... I think for Ray it was just the the mindset of getting over like the the challenge because that fellow was from Boston. He was talking smack and Ray was you know what I mean. It's like a grudge match. So the experience of that for Ray was down from a bit like myself for the Irish title. I was a Dublin derby, so like that's down for us in the long run. So again, Ray, Ray's another fellow that will have so much more to give and is improving all the time. I think last year he was like eight fights in a year, so he was just busy, busy, busy. He didn't get to learn an awful lot, you know. So. This year I'll tell a lot of Ray for myself. There's a great quality out there at the moment. Even obviously you have all of us out there, but there's a lot of lads that come in and spar and that's so many pros out there. The gym is buzzing and it's, it's great for me again around Spike and all, but even Ray Ray's a top amateur, so for me to be mixing it with them and, and being around them all, the lads pushing me on and supporting me on, like it's excellent, you know. So again we're like a big family out there, we keep we keep working hard and training hard and pushing each other and you just don't know where they can take it, yeah. I don't know where the journey could take it. Boxing is like a, it's a luck game. Sometimes the luck comes and if you're ready and the opportunity comes, well then it'll pay off, you know. So we just keep working hard and see what see what happens. And as you said, Irish boxing kind of we have the likes of uh, Jay Quigley doing well out in the states, and he picked up another win at the weekend. Where do you think Irish boxing is at the moment? Where do you think it's probably in the best place it's been for a long time? Yeah, hundred percent. Massive performance by Jay. He's a top class. He, he definitely won that report there. That was all the way for world title honors. But again, where we're at, like you had Ray the weekend, and you had Jay and Boss, and you're born that boxing for world title. Second Garrity box fell out in Preston. So boxing, boxing, the, the, the standard of boxing, Irish boxing has always been great. You come through the amateurs, but we, we've always picked up medals as, uh, in, in Olympic games and stuff like that. So a lot of the amateurs turning over now to the pro game. It'd be, it'd be good to see where they are in a year or so because some quality boys are turning over. But even without them, a lot of the lads are turning over now in the, the small hall Dublin shows and the likes of shows I'm on in, in, in Dublin and Ireland at the moment. Like it's Boxing is down, and I think it was like 40 pros or something last year that turned over. So that, that's brilliant. Like four or five years that we didn't have that. So to have that amount of boys turning over, it means, it means lads can fight each other. People get excited. Like, again, I was in a Dublin derby and people people fell off that, you know what I mean? It was a bit of a good match everyone wanted to see. And that, that's what you want to be seeing. You don't want to be going fighting fellas, foreign, foreign fellas or journeymen or whatever you want to call them all the time. So to have a lot of people turning over in our, in, in our sport as in boxing, well... It's brilliant for, for, for us because we can, we can go against each other and people, people get intrigued and like the same folks like that. But boxing's in a, in a brilliant place, I feel, uh, 
in Ireland at the moment, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you just went to eight, Craig, uh, undefeated at the moment with two belts. What would you actually like to achieve in boxing, and how far do you think you can actually go in the sport? It's a good question, because when I started off, obviously, as I said to the lads, I used to, I used to jog around, do my jog, two and three years, and I think uh, walking out for an Irish title and, and fighting for it, and to win that now, I don't know, I'll get top 15... A top 15 ranking in, in, in Europe now at the moment so I got a phone call last week to go and uh, spar the welterweight champion out in Spain out in the bell I think he's up against Bradley Ski at the end of April so obviously we're helping Spike I can't do that so for me to be with the top 15 now in Europe if I can start mixing it with them and, and fighting whether it's number 10 or 12 and picking it off and who knows if you can fight for European title in the next 12 or 16 months but again we'll, 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 we're only like 12 months back so we're just going to take a step by step but I would definitely love the European title yeah a million percent and I feel at the right time fit and strong and against the right person I can definitely win that so yeah we just we just keep working hard and dreaming big and chasing the dream and see where it takes us you know Something that I want to touch on with kind of Irish fighters and Irish boxers at the moment is um, when when you were growing up. What would what's the kind of Irish boxing standout moment for you? What's the one that you look back on and kind of kind of gives you a nice feeling thinking about it? Well, for me, it'd be definitely the Bernard Dunn fights. Not not that I went to a lot, but I, I definitely tuned into RTA and watched a lot of them. So the atmosphere of Bernard used to used to bring to the stadium and to. When, when it was the, the point that was back then, wasn't it? It was massive, like 8,000 or 9,000 people, and they used to come out to the Irish music, the wire all over and all, and the place would go mental. So for me, it would be the Bernard Dunn days, yeah, 100%. I think uh, Steve Collins days and that was a little bit before my time, you know. So that was definitely the Bernard Dunn days. And again, for, for, for me, the fight in the race of TG Ford last month, live in the telly, it's sort of a small bit of that back you know but I feel we have we definitely have the boxers to bring to bring them days back whether it be the point or whatever it be you know so hopefully in time the likes of Katie Taylor being abroad hopefully she can come back and people can build on that and start start bringing them big big boxing days back to Ireland because we definitely have the quality there so yeah so we see we see that way on falls but definitely uh, my, my, my best box memory will be uh, bringing with, bring with uh, in the, in the point just one more and I'll let you go Craig Craig for people who may not know yourself who listen to the podcast what can they expect when they when they tune into a, a Craig O'Brien fight well listen I, I, I always come fit and strong and always giving me best you know what I mean so if, if, if you haven't don't know me or haven't watched watch me uh, if you google me now on YouTube in, in, in YouTube you'll see a few of me fights so just a fit strong game good kid I can fight box as well and likes to mix it up at times so yeah so if, if, if you haven't watched me you want to go into YouTube and have a look at me you'll see me there if not follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or any of them so there you go great little lesson there from Craig O'Brien it's good to hear about how he got into boxing and, and, and what his plans are and, and what it's like being up at Celtic Warrior Gym with the wealth of experience they've got up there and like I say <laughs> you've been doing all the Celtic Warrior Gym recently so it's um, it's kind of good to get all them feathers in the cap isn't it? Yeah 100% and they're all great guys up at the Celtic Warrior Gym and, all to, and especially Craig Craig has a great story and someone who's kind of boxing has really turned his life around and it's great to see yeah, absolutely. Oh, let's move on. Let's get to the, the next segment of the show, which is my favourite segment, which is the boxing history and on this day. So there's actually three this week that I wanted to bring to people's attention if they didn't already know. It's the 4th of April as we record this episode. So today uh, is actually the 36th birthday of Kelly Pavlik, which surprised me because... Um, 
he's been in the background for so long and we've not heard about Kelly Pavlik for so long that when I looked around and I realised it was Kelly Pavlik's birthday today it was like wow do you remember Kelly Pavlik and the, some of the notable things that he actually did in boxing before he sort of went on his downward spiral and he beat Jermaine Taylor for the middleweight titles not once but twice in 2007 and in 2008 and he looked like he was going to be the next big thing in that particular division and I think everybody was raving about him and he seemed to come from nowhere as well when he picked up them victories and I never forget it I do remember him winning the titles and I was thinking wow you know there was Jermaine Taylor who dethroned Hopkins who'd been on the throne for so long and then someone like Kelly Pavlik unknown comes along and just beats Jermaine Taylor he did go on to fight Bernard Hopkins who he lost to and it was it was a strange one that because Bernard Hopkins at that point had lost to Joe Calzaghe recently and you kind of think at that point in Hopkins career oh well, he's done now there's nothing else for him to prove now but yet he goes on uh, and beats Kelly Pavlik and goes on to still have a second win in his career Kelly Pavlik also uh, fought Sergio Martinez and unfortunately lost but I think at this point of his career, I think it's safe to say he was um, he wasn't in the best frame of mind in terms of his preparation for fights. You know, it was well known and well publicised about his issues with alcohol. It was a crying shame to be honest with you because he, he looked a pretty decent fighter at the time, and it was um, it was pretty disappointing to see the path he ended up going down. But he seems to be doing well for himself now. He's actually got his own podcast uh, in America. But Cahill, thoughts on Kelly Pavlik? Yeah, it was one of that that name always kind of it brings up a time when around boxing where it kind of with Bernard Hopkins and the likes of Joe Calzaghe. And Pavlik was one of them whose record kind of it's a very it's a very good one. It's forty wins with two defeats and, and he carried real power and he did kind of go off the rails and maybe probably did kind of call it a day. Maybe not call it a day. He obviously had stuff going on away from the sport. So sad to see in that way, but he, he wasn't someone who kind of was, was taking the feats and he, he was winning fights. So it, it, it's a shame to see what kind of his life away from the sport has kind of done to what, what it kind of did to his career. So as you said, he did a pod, he does a podcast himself. So here's hoping that that's kind of given him something when it comes to boxing, because in fairness, Pavlik is one of those names. I remember watching him on Sky a few times. And he was always in an exciting fight, so hopefully hopefully he has turned everything around and hopefully his podcast is doing well. And who knows, maybe one day we'll get him on the show himself. Yeah. I think that's one of those people that, like, I'd say he has some stories to tell and an, an exciting kind of, uh, an exciting career, and I'm sure he has an exciting life away from, from, from boxing. So hopefully he is doing well because you don't like to see any boxers kind of fall away from fall out of grace when they did give so much to the sport no absolutely not but moving on to the next part uh, of boxing history it's the 4th of april and it's 2009 and on this night we've seen timothy bradley defend his wbc super lightweight title against kendall hall we also seen edwin valero pick up his first world title in a second weight he beat antonio pisula for the wbc version of the lightweight title and and that was such a sort of sad sad ending to, to a life and a career of a fighter, uh, Edwin Valero, because I, I do remember how good of a fighter he was. And I don't want to dwell too much on the negative side of things that happened and, and, and the reason why he's not with us anymore. But he was a fighter that, you know, when I think of fights and I think of dream fights that I would love to have seen around this particular time, I would have loved to have seen Edwin Valero against Manny Pacquiao at this particular time in both of their respective careers that would have been a fight that would have been for the ages I think at that point in time and I think a, a lot of people when they when they talk about fantasy fights and theorise this was one fight where a lot of people actually thought Valero would beat Manny Pacquiao at this moment in time I think 2009 was when Manny Pacquiao he beat Ricky Hatton in 2009 I do remember that one and he was really at sort of the peak pinnacle of his career I think at this point so Edwin Valero uh, picking up the WBC title back on the 4th of April 
2009. Uh, what a sad story, but in terms of a fighter, what did you make of him as a fighter, Carl? You know, great for it, and it's just a shame what kind of what did happen to him in the end, undefeated and always exciting, carried real power. I think I don't. I think that's how he won all his fights. I think by KO. So yeah, I think he'll be remembered for what happened away from the ring, and um, which is so unfortunate because he was a great fighter. So it, it, it it's one of them bit like it, the the public story, not to defend the same extreme, but these guys live a life away from the ring that we don't know about, and we kind of when when they don't perform sometimes people are quick to kind of judge them and 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 abuse them online these days so it kind of people should look at themselves before they want to go abusing fighters or what they give to the sports Valero gave so much and it didn't it didn't go it, it ended badly in public probably the same it, it ended where his career should have gone on and on so I think people need to look at themselves as you said earlier David Price gets a lot of hate got a lot of hate online so these guys are, are fighters at the end and you don't know what's going on in the background and what they put themselves through. So um, Valero's one of them that you always look back on, a really exciting fighter. Who knows what would have happened, but one of them that kind of, I think if you remember what happened outside the ring, but a, a, a great fighter in the ring. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's sad, sad stories, really, when you talk about uh, Pavlik and Valero. Obviously, Valero more than Pavlik, of course, for the for the events outside of the ring. But you you nailed it on the head there about uh, abuse and the abuse that sort of putting things like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram bring to fighters these days. Uh, there's too many of them. There's too many people out there that are just looking to 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 upset people, unfortunately. But I don't want to dwell on that too much. I want to move on. I want to get to the next section of this week's show, and it is what's going on this weekend what are the fights that are happening i start off at the top of the bill really there's two big fights i think this weekend that i think people will be interested in the first one from a british perspective is james DeGale's rematch where with caleb truax for the ibf super middleweight title james DeGale didn't look fantastic in his first outing which led to the loss of that particular title great win for truax great story in his career it's immediate rematch and we're getting it this weekend it's actually live on box nation so for anybody that will be picking it up either on the box nation channel or via some dodgy illegal stream. Not that I'm condoning that, but there usually is some streams floating around Facebook or something like that. For anybody that's going to catch it, it's going to be a great fight this weekend, and I'm really looking forward to to, to seeing if De Gale has come back better than he did before. Because I, I think when he got his first fight back after having that surgery, I don't think it was the right move. I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but when you think about the the, the opponent he was in with, at the time, people didn't know who he was over here, especially. They didn't know Truax. They didn't know what type of a career he had, what the story was behind him. They just knew he was opponent and they just thought it was going to be a routine defence. But actually came over here and gave De Gale one hell of a night and, and, and took the title away from him. And now De Gale's the one that's got to go over there and got to pick up the victory this weekend. I, I, I do hope from a British perspective that he has improved and he'll be absolutely hungry, hungry to get this result. But Cole, James DeGale as a fighter, he's been someone that's had a lot of hype around him and I think in the last couple of fights, I think people are sort of arguing, not myself, but people are arguing that he's not really performed to the best of his ability. Would you say that's a fair statement to make or, or would you think he, he just had one bad night? Yeah, the, the last of Truax is probably one of the biggest surprises I've probably ever had in boxing. It was one of them that he even says, he goes, I, I want to keep it, I want to keep busy fights. I want to just go in there and I want to kind of get the ring rust off. And it was the first fight with Frank Warren and, and Truax kind of went out there and he kind of, well, I'm going to show you what you did, what this keep busy fight is going to do for you. He looked flat on the night. It did look like he underestimated him. And I think it, it, on Saturday night, we're either going to see Cal- Caleb Truex is the real deal or James DeGale had an off night and he he came back and he's got his title back. But it's 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 one that I'm kind of looking at that if 
if Truax does defeat him again, the girl says he's, he'll retire. So I, I think he, once again, he's underestimating um, Truax because at the end of the day, he, he, he beat him convincingly and, and the girl almost was was stopped at one point. So who knows? Maybe the girl putting a lot of miles on his clock with the traveling back and forth to America doesn't really have a proper promoter, but like doesn't have a set promoter backing him. He's, he's back and forth between Eddie Hearn, Frank Warren. He's managing himself. Maybe he's taking too much on outside the ring. And maybe if he did give the reins kind of to someone like Frank Warren or, or to Eddie Hearn, where they kind of say, you just focus on going to the gym and fighting. We'll do the rest. We'll work after. We'll look after purses. We'll look after all that kind of thing. So I think if you can get the the IBF title back the other night and show that it was just a blip, I think the kind of Caleb Truex one could be forgotten about. But I think if the the Truex that showed up a few months ago, that showed up in the UK with kind of nothing to lose and everything to gain, and I think he's gained a lot, and I don't think he's going to want to let it go easily. So. It's a really interesting fight, and I don't know if you'd say it's a crossroads because I think if the guy was to get the title back, I think the big fights with the likes of George Groves come back, come back, and I think I don't think that will go away. I think there is still big fights out there for James the but I think he should stop saying things like "if I lose again, to Truax I'll retire." So I think they need to. I think he needs he needs a, he needs a, he needs a strong voice in his ear. For me, if the Truax that turns up in the UK, he's in for a hell of a night, but because. James the James the girl that showed up that night um was nowhere near what we what we usually expect so the girl will have to be a lot better and if he is a lot better if if James the girl's on his game Caleb Truitt's in his game um it's a real interesting fight but I think if J- the the James Gale we all know shows up I think he wins the fight but uh good on him getting the replay or the the rematch again it's one of them that he could have kind of shied away but he knew straight away yeah I want to get back in there. Didn't cover myself in a whole lot of glory. I want to get want to get my world title back. And from a from a British kind of and a British Irish standpoint, where we hopefully he'll fight out here more. Yeah, you'd like to see him get that world title back. I I hundred percent agree with what you're saying in this particular one. You see, it's a bit of a it's a, it's it's more pressure's more on De Gale, I think than it is on Truex because even though Truex yeah. is now the champion, De Gale's the one that's got to go out there to put the performance on to take the title back again. So if he doesn't, I wouldn't say retirement. You know, is, is something he should be even talking about because there's still definitely a fight with George Groves to happen. I think regardless of whether he's got a title, whether Groves got a title or not, that is a fight that people would in Britain for sure would still want to see because there's, there's needle there. I think there's a lot of needle between them, a lot of needle still, and I think. That's that's a fight that sells. It certainly sells. So I don't think that's that's the end of it if he loses. But I, th- I think he's got a good opportunity here. Now he's had time to reflect on it to go in and pick up the victory. But we'll see what happens come Saturday night. Also on that particular card, I think it's actually headlining the card. I'm not too sure. Is um, Landy Lara versus Jarrett Hurd for the IBF, IBO and WBA super welterweight titles. That's going to be a fight that I think if you're just a casual fan you probably won't really know that that fight's going down this weekend but it is and it's a fight that I think is going to be a really good one to be honest with you Jarrett Hurd we're going in against Aries Landilara who's a guy that I think a lot of people have said have been avoided in the past uh, he's someone that not a lot of people want to fight but he, he's going in and we've got a big title fight on our hands come Saturday night that I, don't, I don't think a lot of people are actually aware that's happening so I'm really looking forward to that one as well uh, Cahill I want to get your take on these two fighters because these are two fighters that uh, are really really well known over in America at the moment but not so much known over here yeah no it's one that will definitely slip under the radar I think a lot of people will think that James DeGale is headlining but the he he isn't. I think this fight it, it's a huge fight in terms of with all the world titles on the line. And it, if you're not a if you're not a one hundred percent hardcore boxing fan, you probably wouldn't know it's on. But I think you're probably right. And Lara is one of those people who's avoided. I think people look back on the the Canelo fight and kind of go, yeah, you, you that performance. Yeah, I'm going to avoid it because he looked great on the night. A lot of people, including himself, he thinks that he won that fight. So it's an exciting fight. I, I think Hurd will come out with the with the win. 
um, just a younger, fresher fighter. And that kind of the super welterweight division is kind of bustling at the moment, I think, with Amir Khan and not Amir Khan, sorry, with Kel Brook in it. He'll have an eye on this. So if you're a Kel Brook fan and you want to see who we may be facing next, you might want to tune into this one on Saturday night. No, absolutely. I think it's one you definitely need to tune into, especially if you are a Kel Brook fan. You are going to be interested to see who picks up the victory here because he's definitely a potential opponent for Kel Brook in the future. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And I, I think it could be, I don't know if it'll be a 12-rounder or I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to sort of say how I think this one's going to go because with Lara, he's picked up a lot of KO losses uh, in his last few fights. So, not Lara, again, I'm getting, I'm having a absolute mare tonight. <laughs> it's, I mean, Jarrett Hurd's picked up some KO losses in, in his last few fights and he's looked really good. But Lara is a guy that's beat some of the best fighters in the division. Uh, and, and one that a lot of people are saying, you know, it is avoided like the plague. I mean, one of the biggest notable fights on his on his record uh, is, is Sal Alvarez, or Canelo Alvarez, uh, who we'll be talking about a little bit later on. He did lose that fight in a split decision, but a lot of people felt like uh, Lara had won that fight. So it was quite a controversial one. Again, if my um, bad memory that I've got today's podcast serves me correctly. No, that would it'd be a really good fight, this one. So, yeah, I, I do say tune into this particular fight because it's, uh, it's one uh, that a lot of people will want to see the outcome of it. Now, we talked about some of the other fights that are going on this weekend. And one of them is with Jimmy Keller, who we had on last week's show, who's fighting Dennis Hogan in Brisbane for... It's a WBO Inter and Oriental title. Rankings titles, really. Let's get it right. They are rankings titles. And we said it on last week's episode that the uh, Jimmy said it in the interview. They're actually ranked two and three respectively in that particular division, which is the same division that we've just been discussing. It is the super welterweight division. The winner of that fight, although it's an unofficial eliminator, basically, the winner of that fight is going to get a shot at the winner of Liam Smith and Saddam Ali in May. Now, Jimmy Kelly Jr. is only loss is to Liam Smith, funnily enough. Uh, and, and obviously we've got Dennis Hogan, who's, for me, he's, he's relatively unknown. If you would have said Dennis Hogan to me before this fight was announced, I, I wouldn't have really known who he was referring to, if I'm being totally honest with you. Uh, and you look at Dennis Hogan and you sort of look at his record and the, 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 the most notable fight on his record was a fight with Jack Kulkai, who he lost to uh, on a unanimous decision. And that obviously over in Germany, and we, we, we all know how bad the... Uh, the German scorecards can be at times, um, but it was a fight on his record that was most notable. Other than that, if you look through his record, there's not a lot of other fighters where you can honestly say, oh, I know that fighter, and that fighter's a well-known name. There's only Jack Hulkai, who's probably only really a well-known name in Germany, to be honest with you. So, Jimmy Kelly's got the opportunity here to, to go in, go over to the Lions Den in Brisbane, and go and pick up a victory here, and go make himself, really, the mandatory... Although it's not official, he essentially puts himself in the number two position. And then you've got a potential fight with the winner of, of the Smith and Ali fight in May. So it's a fantastic opportunity. And, and Jimmy Kelly's worked his way back, right back through the rankings after losing to Liam Smith. Uh, and he, and he's, he said it in the interview, he, he's not about to blow, blow this opportunity. He's, he's going, wants to pick up the victory. Uh, I think he will. I mean, I have looked at Dennis Hogan and I've YouTubed some of his fights. And I've I've seen Jim, Jimmy fight live, and I've seen quite a few of Jimmy's fights. And at the, as it stands for me, Jimmy Kelly picks up this victory on Saturday night. But when when, when you talk about this fight, uh, Carl, how much do you know about Jimmy Kelly, and how much do you know about Dennis Hogan? Well, Dennis Hogan is actually Irish. He, he just boxes a lot out in Australia, 
So I'd kind of be pure from a patriotic standpoint. If he has a chance of getting a world title, I might be sitting, <laughs> sitting a little bit with Dennis Hogan. But uh, I think Hogan could be one of them who's going to be, um, I think, after this fight. I think he's looking to get back out this neck of the woods and perhaps turn with um, with Spike O'Sullivan. Um, so it, it, it's a good fight, probably, when you look at it, just by terms of who, who they've been in with. I think Kelly might, might just come through, just in terms of just the, the, the caliber of a, of opponent. So, but there's a world title riding on the line down in Australia. So I'd like Hogan to get through, purely from an Irish standpoint, if Irish fighters are going to have the chance at world title, of course, I'm going to be sporting them. So a, a really good fight. Neither kind of neither's record is... a. Uh, is is too blemished. I think it's only one defeat each. So I think um, a really exciting fight, and one of them that, depending on how it goes, who knows um, the way the Smith Ali fight will go. But if there's a chance at the world, I, I'd I'd have to agree with you, Sean. These are ranking titles, and there's a lot of kind of WBO those kind of. There seems to be a version, like a, an area version of all these titles. So it's it, it's good for them if they don't get that fight next. It's a uh, they're going to be well in the mix at the WBO in that organisation anyway. So, but a, a, an exciting fight, and here's hoping that I think you're going to side with Kelly, so I might just side with Hogan uh, <laughs> purely from a patriotic standpoint. Well, I know that Jimmy Kelly Jr. has actually got, uh, I, I don't know if it's grandparents or parents, he's actually got Irish family. So I, I think he does actually class himself as, as sort of part Irish for, from, from, from what I remember. Maybe something, something the virus in him somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? It's just one of them things. That he, I think, I think, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's got uh, Irish, Irish in his family. So, in quite immediate effect as well. So, I, I think it's, um, it, it's, it's quite interesting. Anyway, I'll move on. There's another fight that's uh, that that intrigued me more than anything this weekend. Now, do you, do you ever remember the? TV series The Contender with Sylvester Stallone and Sugar Ray Leonard I've heard of it it was uh, when was it about 2004 2005 maybe anyway the, the the first winner of that was Sergio Mora who did go on to have a mildly successful career obviously in the pro ranks after that particular TV uh, reality TV show and he's fighting this weekend it just the name sprung out to me and I realised who it was it was Sergio Moore from the contender he's fighting a former Canelo opponent uh, in Alfredo Angulo uh, the weekend as well and I thought that that's actually quite a good fight I mean I don't know what both of them have got left to give if I'm being totally honest but the two names sprung out of me as a fight that I think when you look at the fight a few weeks back with Devin Alexander and Victor Ortiz, it's kind of like that in in the respect of the I don't really know where the careers are going to go after it, but it's it's two names that are well known really in in, in sort of boxing community, especially over in uh, America and Mexico. They they're, they're really well known over there. So, uh, but anyone who listens to this podcast who remembers the Contender and the first season of the Contender with Peter Manfredo Jr., Alfonso Gomez, Ishe Smith. Sergio Moro eventually won the tournament he's actually in action against Alfredo Angulo on Saturday so that I'd probably want to try and catch up with if you can find that anywhere over the internet or highlights the next morning that'll be a good one to look at Damian Hooper's going in against Renald Quinlan who previously fought Chris Eubank Jr. A lot of people will remember that fight on ITV box office when Eubank picked up his uh, IBO title uh, a few months back, I think it was middle of last year or summer, sometime in summer last year when he fought Quinlan uh, but that's a fight that's happening over the weekend as well that people might have an interest in which I think is again it's probably worth catching up with it on social media across the weekend as it comes but I think the main fights really to point out this weekend are the uh, Truax and DeGale fight and the Erislandi Lara and Jarrett Heard fight this weekend they're definitely two that you need to be watching this weekend so let's move on and get to 
Cahill segment of the show, which I'm sure you've got plenty to update us on this week, is the Irish Boxing Updates. Cahill, take it away. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Now, the, we touched on the Quigley fight. He picked up another win and he, and he remains undefeated. Another person who we've had on the show, Mulet, he was he was in action over the weekend. Fortunately, he was due to make it onto Irish television on, uh, on air over here, but unfortunately, I think Jay Quigley, he ran over his time, so the time allowed for, for a Mulet kind of Kind of went and he didn't get on TV, but he picked up he picked up the win over Matt Doherty, and there was a bit of spike going into that one. So good to good to see Ray pick up the pick up the victory. And I think what will be confirmed in the coming days, I think, is exciting news for any Irish boxing fan, any kind of boxing fan who's followed the the career of uh, Spike O'Sullivan. It looks like he's going to get the call for the Golovkin fight. So I think we're just waiting for official announcement on that on that one. But um, the biggest fight of uh, biggest fight of Spike's career. A huge chance and it's one of them that it's almost like he's won the lottery with what's happened with Canelo he was due to fight Canelo but now it looks like he's going to step in and fight Golovkin and from a pure Irish standpoint on that it's probably the biggest fight an Irish fight has been in since it's almost probably Steve Collins and Chris Eubank kind of stuff and you can see the papers over here and the TV channels picking it up that um it's, it, it, I think boxing in this country is about to get really big, and I think Spike O'Sullivan is going to be is going to be the reason why. Just in terms of it, he's going in with probably the number one fighter in the world, and everyone's going to want to see that. So every all eyes are going to be on Spike O'Sullivan. So um, hopefully he does get the get the uh, get the nod, and I think that's that's huge for us boxing and some of the biggest news that uh, we've had in a while. I'm looking forward to discussing that a little bit later on in more detail. Uh, but I want to move on and keep on the subjects of Irish boxing and the second interview that you got from Celtic Warriors, Jimmy again this week which was Stephen Armand um, it was great to, to, to listen to the interview with Stephen to be honest because obviously I know he's uh, a guy that's um, some some might say he's sort of, sort of towards the back end of his career now at the age of 34 most notable fights from a British perspective is Terry Flanagan, uh, Derry Matthews over here, he's been over here a few times and fought a few of the fighters uh, over in England but I'm going to set the interview on now, I'm going to let everyone listen to it and then I'll obviously call, I'll get your take on it once we've had a quick listen to it so are we back in about five ten minutes? All right, Stephen. Um, wondering how you've been since uh, since we last seen you back. Since you were last in the ring. Uh, no, all good. Uh, no, I haven't stopped in. I haven't stopped training. I haven't learned new things. And when do you think he'll be back out again? Speaking with Packy last week, he said the aim was maybe June on the uh, the Conlon card, maybe. Yeah, that's 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 hopefully there. It's not official yet, you know. How have you how have you find the kind of layoff since you were out in October, Stephen? Well, you would like to be more easier, but like, at the same time, I'm trying to avoid the small fights. I'm trying to get them big ones, you know. And like I'm trying to I'm trying to stay as fresh as I can, you know. Yeah, like I'm, the guys don't to me, but I, I want to. I don't mean the ring getting injured too much. You know what I mean? I want to just get the big fights in the training camp. Yeah, Packy was saying that you were offered fights since the Highland fight, but they 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 wouldn't be in fights that you were kind of looking at that you don't think they would have kind of progressed yourself. No, no, no. There weren't fights. It was like uh, some were small notice and some were uh, one one was far away. Well, they weren't. No, it wasn't what I was, what I was going for. You know, I was in, in, and it wasn't in much time either. Like, like I wanted to be out really now. You know, May May or June now. I can't get a big one in May or June. I need to get a small one in May. Just this. Just build up kind of fight for us big, you know. And is is the aim to get on the Conlon card up in uh, up, uh, up in Northern Ireland? Yeah, like if that's that's the thing. The aim is to be on, I'll be on the card if it's gonna go ahead. You know, the only, the only talk where I live, I don't know. What for? There was just talking to me, just saying to me, but and. The- how have you been since the Highland Junior fight? It was kind of one of them that people came away with a kind of sour taste in the mouth. It was almost as if um, a lot of people saying you're robbed. How how did you kind of recoup after yeah, like, that fight? I mean, a few times, I, like, I look back and I was even worse than back on TV. I, mean, I never used to look back at the fights, but so I don't look back because everyone saying it was really, really robbed. Which I knew it was robbed, but I didn't really think it was that much to the left. You looked at it. <laughs> 
bad. So yeah, I was annoyed over the kind of but again, again, what what can you do? You know, can't we? Just I was annoyed that we made things played out. Uh, but I thought it would have been busier again. But these things happen. And well, how come the rematch didn't come up? Was it offered, or was it just something yeah, that after was, the fight? It was offered out there, but they they he didn't want it. He they just they they went on down a different route and stuff, and he didn't want that fight again. I sure couldn't blame him. You know, why would he want that? You know, nowhere. Then again, at the same time, if that happened to me, my pride would be like, oh no, I had to fight again. I didn't deserve that. That's what I, that's what I, what I would have taken, you know. And if it came around again, would it be a fight that you're interested in? It looks like Highland Junior might get a chance at Ritson. Yeah, but yeah, I would, yeah, actually, yeah, I would because it, well, I would be, if it, but in my eyes, I, I won the fight. And I, I know it's on, on the record to say that, but I don't really care at the moment like, what I'm chasing now. Like, I like the big fights. Oh, yeah, but it made sense. I'd, 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 uh, I'd fight again, you know. And you're coming off kind of two defeats. I know the the, the last one is uh, questionable in a lot of people's minds. Yeah. Um, how does it kind of, after that kind of defeat and that kind of how it went down, how does it make it kind of get, getting back to the gym? Does it kind of make it a little bit tougher when you're kind of saying, I'm going in here training, but yet the judges are letting me down? Yeah, yeah, well, that's what I'm in the gym, but I'll tell you what, I mean, with Pacquiao, I'm, uh, I'm learning more. Like, I had like all the years, I'm, only, it's like I'm only learning all over again. The little things I'm doing in the gym, I'm just like, not as pushing it as much now. I'm just working more on technique and just ready for that. Cause, but like, I'm still motivated. I'm more motivated now, now than ever. But I'm not going to wear. Uh, I'm just waiting me time. You know, I'm just trying to be clever. Yeah, I think Packy referred to you as a gym rat last week. So you've been in the gym constantly since October. And um, what's it like being kind of back in working with Packy and stuff like that? Are you, is it kind of you're more motivated now after kind of the way it went down last time? Yeah, I'm more motivated now. Like, and, uh, like I, I know, I always tell about it now. I've got the right, I've got the opportunity to take it. I like now I'm, I'm throwing everything down now. I'm just working more on technique and I'm enjoying it more. Motivation's up really high and having the laugh at the gym. Like everything's good, you know? Yeah, the gym is really buzzing at the moment. Exciting news with possibly Spike getting the Golovkin fight. It must be kind of a great buzz, especially with yourself coming like, back. Listen, to be honest, I see Spike getting a fight that I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's one or two fights just going everything around, you know? It's a motivation, you know? It's... And it can happen. It shows in the game. It can happen. And is that 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 would motivate you? You can see that kind of when you see Spike so I, I get a chance. Spike for the force and box in the gym together. Spike force the pass and then me second. Like so, it'll be a long time around with him. So it's, it's great to see him getting that opportunity. You know what I mean? So it's good motivation for me. And you've been on. Uh, Box Nation a number of times and you've been on Sky would you like to kind of be back on those big platforms on the kind of yeah, the, like, the lightweight division really doesn't go back on the Sky because Sky actually he actually asked for me you know do you, do you want to see me more but then he got me a fight there where I go we're just not going to say names it was very short now so it was, on, but it was too short but like something down the line what a time what do I be into but like then again if BT come on board again and the big show or more of the box BT again because they're getting big now as well and is it at this stage of your career is it about kind of picking the right opponents and kind of picking the right fights that are going to lead to yeah. the bigger kind of things yeah like yeah that's what I'm trying to I usually just jump in head force you know but like now I'm like yeah I'm going to use the head I'm only clever now I'll pick the get the right fight if it's there listen if it's the big fight there I'm going to do it if not, like, fucking hell, I've tried everything, you know. And speaking with Packy last week, he said that um, the ones you were kind of focusing on was Ray Beltran. How do you think a fight would go with yourself and Ray Beltran? Uh, well, I think it would be a great fight, you know, great action. I've always loved to turn them left you. But uh, that's, that's, that's a, uh, I, like, I like to chase that way. I like to be back to go to the WBO now and chase that, chase him, you know. And do you, and do you believe a couple of wins would be able to turn it around for you, kind of like that, so you would get a chance? That's, that's what I do believe that. Yeah, two, two good wins, maybe, yeah, if he's still, still champion by then, you know. What, what, what do you make of the lightweight division at the moment, Steve? Yeah, it's one of those things, like, it's, apart from uh, that uh, Lobachenko, it's like, different now. 
Well, everyone else out there is just on the night. They're all people, you know, kind of way. Like. But it's exciting. And you have Terry Fanning. He's moved, he's moved away now. This is his gone taken. And then, then uh, Ray Bazelon won that belt. So, like, it's all there for taking. Just getting the opportunities and taking them. And what's it been like in the Celtic Warrior Gym lately? It, it seems every day it seems to be another bit of good news coming out of it. Ah, yeah, look, it's just everyone's getting on with each other. Everyone's there. You know, it's good, good crack. And it's great. It's great. Uh, it seems to be awesome coming out of it. Yeah, it's like it's filming again. And everyone's just enjoying trying together. Uh, no, it's good. Back the way it was. Like, and was there a point where you weren't enjoying yourself, Stephen? Was that? Don't want to be self. I was like, I was always pushing everything. I was always trying to do this, trying to do this different thing, routine, trying to do things. I listened to too many people, and uh, I'm just back to myself. Like even the last one, the that camp for last week was different from the last one from years. It was back to me always, like back to me all runs in the morning, back to like all early morning runs and trying the gym. Not too much. Weights, not too much of anything like that. I was doing too much of that before that. Trying new things. So now I'm back to me all way where what got me there. Runs in the morning and boxing walk in the gym. When you go to the gym, you do boxing walk, not fitness walk, you know. It's back to that kind of old, old boxing leg that's walking. And how busy would you like to be this year, Stephen? Is it is it about picking the right fights or would you like to be very, well, as busy as you can? I was busy, but now I'm like, <laughs> I'm getting like, okay, I'm moving along now. I'm getting like itchy fingers, you know. I want to go back in now. But like, I think by the, at the end of the next month, I'll be back out either way. We're going to walk, have a gap be talking to him and uh, What do you, do you think you need to change anything coming back, Stephen, or is it just kind of hone in on little things that maybe at this point yeah, you agree? Yeah, I think I've like, just changed it. I want to get my, my hands. Like, just, it's just basic stuff, like keep the hand back up and slow things down. I'm not pushing things anymore. And uh, just technique. Like, basically, just keep the hands and getting in the right position with my feet and stuff. Like, just breaking it all down now. One thing um, that's just uh, a bit of breaking news there, Stephen, I want to get your uh, opinion on. Uh, Canelo has actually been pulled from the, uh, the Triple G fight. What do you make of that? Well, And what do you make of kind of drug cheat and stuff like that? We've seen Lucas Brown kind of, he had his chance, Ortiz had his chance as well. What do you think should be done with that? Is, do you think it's kind of... I'm a life, because like, you're, you're boxing, the pressure boxing is dangerous. Look, like, the injuries people get out and people die from wondering life. Take that and they make it better. You know what I mean? It's really bad for life. And probably one of the most exciting boxing stories, if it does go Spike's way, and we all hope it does, how would you see Spike faring against the likes of Golovkin? What do you make of Irish boxing at the moment, Steve? I think it's better. It's coming on like the, like the amateur, amateur boxing is always, always built. Like the pro game, all these lads, young lads are all coming in now. More shows, you know. Happy fighters, they're always kept busy. They're happy. So it's good for them, you know. It's good. I think it's good. I think it's good. It's gone good. And Stephen, growing up, what would have been your favourite kind of your Irish boxing memory when it comes to Irish boxing? What's the one that you look back on with the most kind of fondness? Uh, So there you go. Great to hear from Stephen. A warrior, as always. But Cahill, another interview from the Celtic Warrior Gym. Is there any more coming up? Or is, it, is that your, sort of your final one now? You wouldn't know what I pull, pull out of the bag between this and next week's show. Who knows what uh, what might be on. But um, no, I like keeping in touch with fighters. And, I, and as I said, I think the Celtic Warrior Gym is one where all the fighters are so accommodating with their time. And, and I think if you want to know Irish boxing, you need to talk to the guys at, uh, at the Celtic Warrior Gym. But uh, no, great to catch up with Stephen and someone who hopefully will get a a fight date in the next couple of months, and we get to see him out again because he's he he for me he's been hard done by in a, in in a previous fight. So 
I'd like to see him get that uh, get those uh, get those wins back under his belt again because he is coming off two defeats. But I think it's exciting times ahead for Stephen if he can pick up a couple of wins. Well, I just want to uh, before we go into the final segment of the show, really, I just want to say a massive thanks to the Celtic Warrior Gym uh, and all the guys that have been a part of the podcast over the past few weeks because it's it's really got a fantastic reception and it's been really good to see from our perspective the the, the sort of the numbers rising because there's a lot of Irish fans that are listening to the podcast as a result and, and obviously they're getting. Cahill's boxing updates uh, every week from from Ireland's perspective, and they get they're getting to hear a lot of good interviews and insights from the Irish fighters. Which you, over here, I don't I don't see a lot of it to be honest with you, Cahill. I don't see a lot of Irish uh, interviews. I don't see a lot of uh, media stuff over here. I mean, obviously, I know they've got m- m- notable websites over in Ireland that do a lot of stuff. From from my perspective over here, I don't really see a lot of it. So it's really good to get an insight onto it. And I really appreciate guys taking the time to speak to yourself and, and, and give us that feedback as well because it's really nice to see it every single week after the episode goes live and we get the, the likes and the retweets and, and, and the comments from the guys over at Celtic Warriors, Jim. And a big shout-out to, obviously, uh, Jim Triton as well. They, they've, every week, have been, been really, really supportive of the show and, and, and what we've been doing as of recent time so uh, a big shout out for yourself as well we're you know, really happy with everything the way it's going I want to I want to move on anyway and go to the final segment of the show which is the news and gossip segment of the show so you've just touched on it a little bit earlier Canelo pulls out of the Triple G fight it's looking likely that Triple G is going to fight Spike O'Sullivan and that's if you look on social media there's so much support for Spike at the moment that they, a lot of people want him to get this fight. A lot of people feel he actually deserves this fight. Uh, I don't. I, I don't feel there's been one major negative bit of criticism towards him. I think I seen one comment a couple of days ago saying, "Yeah, but he got beat by Uban Junior." Other than that, everybody is so supportive uh, of Gary Spike O'Sullivan getting this fight with Triple J. And before I speak any more about that, I just want to touch on the fact that Canelo's pulled out of the fight. Not surprised me, to be honest with you, that he's pulled out of the fight. I'm surprised it's not going ahead because of all the money that gets involved with it. But they're obviously fighting now to try and save the show, essentially. And I think Spike O'Sullivan's a big name for me in the middleweight division. And he's a big name over in America. You know, he's got a, he's he's really built a reputation over there with the Irish American fans, and I think it's a fight I would like to see. I think Spike O'Sullivan could could definitely give Triple G a lot of problems. I don't want to sit here and make a prediction and say Triple G will knock him out within so many rounds. I don't know what's going to happen if I'm being totally honest with you. I think the bookies will put the money on Triple G picking up the victory here, but you can never write anybody off in boxing at all. And I think this is a fight that, that does actually genuinely ex- excite me, you know, the, the, the late change of opponent. And obviously we've heard the interview, the episode uh, two weeks ago with Spike, and it was good to hear his thoughts. He's, he's not been out of the gym, so he's ready. He's ready for this. But from you, Carl, from your perspective, you've interviewed him. You're, you're an Irish boxing fan. Uh, you're Irish. So how does this feel knowing that this is potentially going to happen? Yeah, it's as I said earlier, it's probably the most excitement of Irish boxing news that we've had it in terms of very, at the highest level. For a very very long time, so if if Spike was to get the nod and get to get to fight Triple G, it's going to do wonders for the sport in this country because everyone knows who Triple G is. Those kind of those those three little letters mean a lot um, when it comes to boxing. So for the for Spike O'Sullivan to get in there and someone for me, I think Spike deserves it. He's a, he, he's only lost to, to, to like he's lost the quality operators like Chris Eubank Jr. and Billy Joe Saunders and people think that Saunders he he could beat Golovkin. And the kind of thing that I'm looking at is in that Golden Boy promotes Spike. So their fighter was the one who they kind of had the deal made. So they said, right, if you won't take Canelo, here's Spike O'Sullivan. And, and Spike's there. And 
these are the kind of fights that you want to see Irish fighters in. So it's an exciting time ahead. And and if if Spike could do it, it, it it's going to go down as one of the the greatest uh, moments in Irish sport. And and that that's not that's not kind of overhyping it. If Spike pulled off, if he beat Triple G, it would be one of the biggest moments right up there in probably the top five of um of an Irish sporting star in in teams anything like that that ever happened. So. I'd, I'd be willing Spike on. I'd be that night would be a very nervous night, and it's a great night of boxing. So I think Spike deserves it. He, he he's a bit like Dave Allen, like he he doesn't ignore any fans. He'll always be in touch with them, and everyone always says about Spike. He's so he's so uh, so friendly, so nice. And what you what you see is what you get with Spike. He's um he's just trying to provide for his family. He wants to achieve big things in boxing. So I'm I'm, I'm so happy to see him just even linked with it, and it looks like he is going to get the fight and the challenge for the challenge for big titles. So I think if he, he if he goes out there and he and he and he does his best, we'll be proud of him. But so happy to see um so happy to see him even even linked with it. So if if it's announced over the next over the next few days, the build up is going to be interesting. And I think Spike's going to get everything he's got. He, he's a true warrior and he's a true Irish warrior. So really sporting and hope hope um hope it all goes his way on the night. It's it's a big ask. I don't think anyone deserves it more than Spike. I agree. I agree totally. But there's another little factor in this. Uh, if you look at social media, a lot of talk of Frank Warren saying that he's been in contact with the Triple G camp to put Billy Joe Saunders in there on May the 5th. I don't know if you've heard a lot about that, but that that's something that's definitely been in the mix. But I'm pretty sure Billy Joe's ruled himself out of this one already, but Frank Warren has, has been quoted as saying they've been in contact with the uh, Golovkin's camp and they're trying to make that fight. Have you heard any more into that one at all? Yeah, I've seen it, and I've seen you were hearing that Saunders was saying he's not going to be anyone's backup plan. And he, and he shouldn't be. I think Saunders is, after his Lemieux fight, he built up uh, quite the following over in the States. So I think that's maybe a fight that can be built for maybe later in the year. But if, from an Irish standpoint, I want Spike to get it. Yeah. From a boxing standpoint, I see they want the, the fight to be the biggest it can be. It's a chance for Golovkin to unify the whole division. So I thought that I thought that Saunders was injured and he wasn't going to be back till June. So who knows what what, what that was all about? Maybe the tickets weren't settling well and the Murray fight had to be pulled. Who knows? But I think it, it, at this late notice, maybe Saunders is in camp. Who knows? I thought he was injured, and I think it's a huge fight that to be made. Like I don't know if they can make it that quickly, less than what a month out. A huge fight, but that's a massive fight if it was to go ahead. For me, I think Saunders has the. It's a big shout, but for me, I think Saunders could nick it. I I, I don't know. I part of me is hoping that Spike gets it because I don't think the Canelo fight is going to happen now. I don't. Who knows what's going to happen with Canelo now? For me, they're right to call the fight off with Canelo. I think something serious had to be done, and I think. It kind of lost its kind of it lost a bit of its sparkle when you found it when that came out. I think a lot of people were looking forward to it. The minute that came out, you're like, "No, this is really tainted." Just like just like Canelo is, I think that's <laughs> going to well for the rest of his career. So I'd love Spike to get the to get the fight. The the Saunders fight is is really is a really exciting fight too. I think we're gonna Golovkin's gonna be fighting on May fifth. I think it's probably between Spike and Saunders. But I think Spike is just going to get them out. It seems a lot more likely that it's going to be Spike O'Sullivan, given the fact, like you said, I, I, I thought Billy Joe was injured and I thought he was out with a hand injury and I thought that's why the fight with Murray wasn't happening. But, I mean, Frank Warren, like you say, maybe just trying to bring some attention to, to Billy Joe and himself as a promoter just by throwing the name in the hat a little bit. But realistically, you're expecting Spike O'Sullivan to get it. So we'll see what happens over the next coming days. And I hope on next week's show we're able to actually confirm that this fight is going ahead and be able to talk about it. So it'll be really it'll be really good you know, once we get that news in the next few days. And if we do see it on Twitter, we'll probably give it a retweet 
on the podcast, BTR Boxing Podcast uh, Twitter page because it is exciting news. Spike's a friend of the show, like all the guys over there at Celtic Warriors, Jim are. So let's see what happens with that one. Also this week, after AJ's victory over Joseph Parker, we've got the talks of Wilder. And this is a fight we've been talking about for ages. So many times it's been mentioned on the podcast. And they're actually now saying that they're actually in proper talks about it now. And I don't know how much of that to believe, to be honest with you. Because it's it's one of them fights where you just kind of feel, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? It's one that everybody wants to see. Everybody, It's what boxing needs, essentially, in the heavyweight division. It needs this fight to happen. But I hope it's genuine. You know what, I hope it is genuine what I've been reading this week about both sides saying that they've been in touch with each other and they're talking about putting the fight on late summer and I really, really hope it it happens. But like with boxing and fights gone by, we've seen so many times where you kind of feel like you're on the edge of getting that fight happening and it just gets snatched away from under your feet just as quick as that. So I don't know how much to really interpret into that, to be honest with you, but I would absolutely love it if if that fight got announced uh, within the next month. But if you look on social media, you're also going to see that Jarrell Miller is in the mix as well. He wants to fight AJ. Uh, Brazil's supposed to be fighting Wilder, but Wilder's saying that ain't going to happen anytime soon. So there's, there's, there's so much going on at the moment in the heavyweight division. Uh, it's, it's exciting, to be honest with you. It's exciting to see uh, the spark of all this happening and the, the, the wonder of what, what, what fights will actually be made at the end of it all. I think if I'm going to go with a bet, I would probably say what's likely to happen, AJ will fight Jarrell Miller, uh, or end up fighting someone like Povetkin or whoever's going to be mandatory for whatever title, or Wilder will end up fighting Brazil. I mean, there's a bit of needle, isn't there, between them? I think uh, Wilder's brother, kind of, uh, they, they said he, he jumped Brazil and his family uh, after one of the fights uh, last year, so there's, there's a big needle in that one. I would actually like to see that fight, to be honest with you. What about you? Yeah, did see Brazil is kind of he could be the kind of he's the awkward awkward one in it all because he was due to fight Pulev. Now Pulev looks like he's going to be in a mandatory fight with White. I thought White had called out Povetkin. Povetkin is due to be <laughs> mandatory with Joshua. It's it, it's all linked into one. I know. And the one fight the one fight that I really really want to see is Joshua and Wilder. But I don't think we're going to get that next. I think we are going to see AJ probably maybe August fight Miller in the states. That's a fight that doesn't excite me. Or it's it's not one. It's not an exciting fight for me. I think Miller isn't. He he he's not on the level that um that he needs to be. I think it's it's one of those kind of almost tacam fights. But we know Matchroom are trying to build out in the states, and they're going to bring over the, the the heavy the heavy goods to to kind of push their brand out there. And um, I think the Wilder fight. I think who Wilder fights next would probably be probably Brazil if they can get it made. And I think Brazil is kind of ever since the Joshua fight has gone on. He's looked. He's looked. Um, he's looked the part. He's, he wasn't just one of those Americans that was coming over to be knocked over, and then you never hear of him again. Charles he's Martin. He's done really well. But I mentioned Charles Martin there. <laughs> he, he was yeah, exactly. No, he seems to fall off the face of the earth, Charles Martin. I don't know what he's doing. I think he's had one fight since the Joshua fight. But I think the uh, the mandatories are, are kind of due to be called and those kind of stuff. So if White can get the Pulev fight, that's a very tough fight for White. A really really tough night. Was a really great Pulev. I think um, he was in the mix when it came to Joshua. So. Who knows when these belts, because I think there's only a, a short window where the undisputed, where we could have one undisputed, but they need to get that fight made. I think it could be, if it's going to be made this year, I think it could be December where before we see it. And all the, t- all the talking and call outs doesn't really make any, make any, make any difference because 
Eddie Hearn has said that he's been in talks before. The other night he said he's never heard from them. And it's it's hard to know. I think there's a lot of posture and a lot of kind of bullshit and a lot of kind of... It's like a pissing contest sometimes of these kind of... <laughs> I think Wilder needs Joshua. I think Joshua has a lot of a lot of options. And Wilder can sit in the States all he wants. I think he should have showed up at the weekend. A lot of people are saying that he wouldn't have gained it. No, you're right, he wouldn't have. But it would have maybe... You would have got to hear 80,000 people if he had got into rings. So I think if he had been there, that would have happened. You would have really got to hear what people thought then. And then it would have maybe, if they can see the real public interest behind it, they already know it's there. But to hear that crowd, to see the kind of spark between the two, like Joshua the other night was pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed when it came to saying something about Wilder. And you could see him getting annoyed. He's like, how many times do you want me to talk about this? And it's one of those now that you're kind of going, just get the fight made. And Eddie Hearn is one of them. I think he's, I'm, I'm sure, out of all the fights that are, are on the table, I think he's going to try and try for the Wilder fight until they kind of go, do you know what? I can't keep trying for this. Like we're just gonna we're just gonna hold things up and wait till later in the year. I'd love to see it in the summertime, a blockbuster summer show. Wilder said he'd come to the UK and you'd have to give him pure respect if he is willing to travel. It's just I was thinking before Saturday night that Wilder is he could be too awkward for AJ, but AJ showed something to me the other night that he can deal with that, he can box to a game plan. And if he comes in lighter, he's a lot quicker. So who knows? That's that's such an intriguing fight. And we also have the the little trump card in in the in the pocket that we have uh, Tyson Fury returning soon. So I think he's gonna he's gonna uh, kick up a fuss if these fights are going on without him. So it's the it's probably the most exciting exciting division in boxing at the moment, and you're just hoping that politics doesn't get in the way of it. Yeah, no, that's that's the only thing, isn't it? With boxing, sometimes is you do get a lot of politics involved, and we just hope that some of these fights get made. But one of them that you mentioned there was actually on the list of things to talk about in the news and gossip section this week was the announcement of the IBF eliminator, and it's looking like Dillian White and Kubrat Pulev are going to go in one on one to get that eliminator side. So that would essentially mean if um, Dillian White wins. It becomes mandatory for a title Joshua holds, so then he becomes a manager to fight Joshua. I'd like to see Joshua uh, White again. I would. I, I think that would be a good fight again. I'd, I do think it would be good to see how far they've both come on since the first fight. And you know, They were both pretty raw and rugged uh, in that particular fight. They were really emotionally involved. Would there be as much need all of this time? I don't know if they would, because I think Dillian White's kind of seems to have established himself a lot better now. He's not as emotionally involved with stuff anymore, and he, he seems to be a lot more level-headed and cool when it comes to the fights. But a fight with Pulev is, is a great fight. Now, Pulev was supposed to fight Joshua last year, but obviously pulled out and ended up Joshua ended up fighting Sakam, so it'll be good. But Pulev's been out of the ring for quite a while, and he, he ain't no spring chicken anymore. Pulev, I, I think. I think Dillian White. You might think he's a big ass, but I do think he could beat him. You know, I do think he could beat him. I think he'd have a bit of a bit of a difficult night, maybe for a few rounds. But I, I'm saying it now. If if that happens, I do think Dillian White beats him, and I think he just beats him over twelve. With that, I don't. I don't see a knockout coming. To be honest with you, but I do think that it's going to be a Dillian White win if that does come come to fruition. But another interesting development in the heavyweight division Marco Hook made the announcement he's moving up to heavyweight as well what do you make of that one? Yeah, it's a strange one I don't know where he fits in the heavyweight division unless he just couldn't make rules away anymore and he kind of went yeah I'm going to go and fight heavyweight but he's a name someone that maybe I know we keep bringing him up who knows that Joe Joyce might get in with someone like that it's a name it's it's someone that you could have on your record for for Joe Joyce but who knows what he could do if he can get the right fights he could uh, he could enter the mix because he has world title experience behind him, former world champion. So it's an exciting addition to the heavyweight division is really all I can say when it comes to Marco Hook because he he wasn't looking the the greatest at cruiserweight lately. So so who knows what he can bring to heavyweight? Who knows maybe that he could he can um he, he can uh, he can add something to the heavyweight division that we haven't seen. But it's, as I said, it's getting exciting and these guys all want to be in that division because 
the moment it's it's where the money is. Yeah, it is. It's where all the big fights are happening now, isn't it? It's, it's all starting to come to fruition. I mean, we've got David A and Tony Bellew coming up soon. And it was funny because when you was watching the, the AJ fight on Saturday, uh, obviously Bellew was a pundit. And at one point, it's shown Sky Sports little, uh, they panned a little bar up and it said, Tony Bellew, world heavyweight contender. <laughs> <laughs> after after one fight with David Hayes, a world heavyweight contender. So that was uh, not like Sky to promote their fighters or fighters that go on to Sky Sports platform. <laughs> world heavyweight contender, Tony Bellew. I suppose if he beats David Hayes again, then maybe you could really say, you know, it wasn't a fluke the first time and it, he genuinely beat him and he, he does throw his name in the mix. And, you know, a Michael Hook versus Tony Bellew fight at heavyweight, that'd be quite interesting. I think it'd be a good scrap for as long as it lasted. But I think for me, Tony Bellew, if he beats David Hayes, he goes on and he wants one big fight and then he calls it a day personally but we'll see what happens it's, it's exciting to be talking about heavyweight boxing like this again to be honest with you and I don't think we've seen this type, this level for, for quite a while in terms of the excitement level so it's good to be talking about it in this manner but moving back down in weights, uh, another interesting story to come out this week, which we talked about it on last week's episode, which was Manny Pacquiao fighting Matisse for the version of the world title, WBA. But the news that's come out there is that Freddie Roach is not going to be training him for this fight, which uh, I'm surpri- I am a little bit surprised, but I'm also not surprised. I don't actually know the reasoning behind it, so don't quote me on that. But I did watch an interview with Freddie Roach last year sometime, and one of the things he said was that if he doesn't feel Manny Pacquiao should be fighting anymore, he, he won't train him anymore. And I wonder if that's the reason why he's actually decided he's not going to be training him for this fight or whether it's something to do with another fight. I, I don't actually know. The only headline I've seen is that Freddie Roach is not training him for this particular fight with Matisse. So I found that quite interesting given the fact that they've been together for years. Have you heard about this one? And, and, and if not, what do you make of it? I haven't heard of it, but the the kind of the way Pacquiao's going around, not going around now, but it's almost like he just wants, he's doing it for the love of the sport. He tweeted out the other day that he loves boxing. So maybe he's just doing this fight because he loves the sport. He's a chance to pick up a version of a, of a world title. He's he's had world titles now. I'm sure that kind of thing of winning the world title is kind of faded now. Maybe just doing it for the love of the sport. Maybe Freddie Roach is going to say that. He, I don't think he have a. I don't. I doubt he's saying he have a whole lot to offer, but he maybe doesn't want to kind of go through full camps that he's kind of going. You, there's probably only one one more in one of these. So I think Roach has his hands full. He has he has a lot of fighters on his on his hands. So maybe Pacquiao was kind of maybe they came to a mutual agreement. Who knows? But um, it's 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 still an event when Pacquiao fights, as I said last week. Um, not the biggest fight, probably will go under the radar for many for many fans. But I think a fight years ago that would have really excited. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, I agree. But it's just an interesting interesting bit of news, to be honest with you, uh, coming out of this week. The final piece of news that I picked up on this week so far is the announcement of Leo Santa Cruz and Abner Mares 2 for June the 9th, which, good fight for Leo Santa Cruz, a return with Abner Mares. I think, um, I think that'll be another cracking fight, to be honest with you. Re- really looking forward to that one being announced, and it just does, doesn't feel like it's that far away, to be honest. I mean, what are we at the start of April? It's it's only about seven, eight weeks away until, until that fight happens. It just seems just to have come out of nowhere to be honest and we're getting another big fight and, and, and May looks like a fantastic month and, and now June slowly is starting to, to turn out to be another good month for boxing as well but uh, did you catch the first fight between these two? Yeah it was, it was a good fight it was Cruz won the fight on points and that was when Cruz was kind of looking like the next world beater one of the next huge names and it's just the kind of Frampton loss that kind of slowed him down but he got that win back and he's kind of again floating under the radar and hopefully there's there's the there's the rubber match. There's the third fight with Frampton, but the Abdurrahman fight is one in June. It's going to be exciting, and one of those kind of fights that at the moment is ticking under the radar. But when you look at June, you kind of go, 
here in June we have a, a big matchroom card. We have Santa Cruz fight. It's kind of like May when I was only thinking the other day. I was going, what big fights are coming up after after the Bellew? What's well, like? Then we have Golovkin, but then you're kind of going, well, what's coming up in June? But it's kind of taking shape now. We have a Josh Kelly probably show um, in Newcastle with Lewis Ritson on the card, and then you have you have Santa Cruz. So. June, is, June, as you said, Sean, is getting exciting. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a, May especially is a really exciting month when you look at Jamie McDonnell, your new A, uh, Hey Bell, you've got Lovkin potentially, Spike O'Sullivan now. This, this, there is quite a few fights. We've got Lenares Lomachenko there as well. So there's just so many fights to, to look forward to in May. But June's starting to shape up to be a good month as well. But that sort of wraps it up for me for, for the news and gossip for this week. Cahill, is there anything on your mind this week in terms of news and gossip that you heard about? Yeah, just one last thing that I did want to talk Sean was the wilder comments that um you want the body on his record. I don't know what you think about it, Sean talking about it um off air, but to me it, it it's some of the stupidest thing I've ever heard when you see things that's happened with kind of Scott Westcar like that. But these kind of things he, he has a big following and he needs to realise that pretty young kids follow him and people kinda of mould themselves off athletes now. When you see the likes of um the likes of Deontay Wilder saying such ridiculous things that he wants the body on his record. I think someone needs to pull him pull him aside. He needs to issue a kind of apology. He did mean that and it was it doesn't sound like it was taken out of context. It wasn't. I see in the radio kind of interview that he did, and he says it, and he says it a couple of times, and he said it before in the past. So it's not breaking news. It's it, for me, it's a fucking stupid thing that he keeps saying. And I think when you see what's happened to the fighters in the ring, to, for a boxer to say that is is truly disgusting. The thing is, Deontay Wilder uh, has got a, a daughter. And when you watch some of the sort of 24-7 documentaries that they do on, on the big fights, and I remember watching one on Wilder, and that's when I really started to take to him as a, as a person because I've seen the behind-the-scenes stuff with him. And I've seen it, him and his family and his daughter, and, you know, he just seemed like a genuinely nice guy off off, off sort of away from the, the media hype and just sort of him and his family being filmed doing the normal day-to-day stuff. And for him to then make these type of comments sort of 12 to 18 months down the line after after that just seems absolutely ludicrous I mean it's not breaking news because it has been mentioned in an interview before but I watched I watched that interview that he did on the uh, the radio show and I was it's just the way he said it the mannerisms he said it in was just like he genuinely meant it and he's talking about this alter ego as in the bronze bomber and the bronze bomber wants a body on his record but at the end of the day look what happens to people I mean Scott Westgarth was probably nothing to, to him he probably don't even know who Scott Westgarth was but at the end of the day the people like Scott Westgarth's family have just lost him because of the sport that is is loved by so many but dangerous to so many as well at the same time and they're risking their lives every time they go in the ring and he should know that better than anybody because he's the one that's got in a big division with very very big punches where essentially one punch in the right place could kill somebody and for him to make comments like that to me are absolutely ludicrous and something needs to happen I don't I don't some people might go extreme and say yeah strip him of his title do this, do that. I, I don't think we should go as far as that, but he definitely needs to be reprimanded for that. And I know the World Boxing Council have actually come out and said that they are going to be taking some sort of action. They won't strip him of his title, that's for sure. That ain't going to happen. If they did, I'd be very, very surprised. But I think they will definitely give him some sort of reprimand, whether they'll fine him. Um, I don't know. I don't know what, what, what what's a justifiable punishment for something like that. What, what would you say is the reasonable thing to do in this instance? Yeah, I think the WBC could issue maybe a fine. Or it, I think something needs to be done because at the end of the day, he, he is their heavyweight champion. And 
he he does have a following. He has a young family, and he can talk about alter egos and characters and stuff like that. At the end of the day, the words come out of his mouth, and I know we said it before, and I'm sure he'll say it again. But it is such a dangerous sport, and who knows? Like that kind of thing. What if it did happen? And you're kind of like, it's it's so horrible to think. And but the fact that he talks about it in the kind of and you heard the other like the, the radio DJs around them laughing, and it's just bullshit because it's just it's almost kind of plain to his alter ego. He kind of goes, "Yeah, people like hearing this thing because it's so out there." No, it's just a disgusting thing to say, and it's something no one should say when it comes to such a dangerous sport like boxing. No one should say in any walk of life. So I think the WBC could maybe issue a fine or a statement that at, at at least that kind of he's representing them when he goes on these radio shows that he carries their belt and that kind of thing. So maybe a fine, maybe kind of. Those kind of comments come with, like, it carries over. If he makes them again, then maybe he can be stripped because I wouldn't want the title being, being associated with someone who talks about having bodies on the record when it comes to such a dangerous sport like boxing. Because as I said, Sean, one punch can, can end a life. And, and that's not what you want to see. You want to see you want to see good fights away from the ring. You need to carry yourself properly as well. And, and most of the time, he's interested to listen to but that kind of shit is stuff that I'd go deaf to because it's, it, it, it's a horrible thing to say when you, when you see what's happened lately. And if he doesn't know who Scott Westcart is, maybe he should read up on that kind of thing because that's a family who's lost who's lost a son, and he's talking about having a body on his record. So he um he should take a long hard look at himself and uh, and and should realise that it, what he says carries a bit of weight, and um he he, he should he should really think before he uh, he speaks next time because. That kind of stuff is not what you hear. It's not what you want to hear come out of, out of any fighter's mouth. No, I totally agree with you. Um, and 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 there's nothing else really I can say on it other than if you compare that to what AJ said at the end of his fight about unity and, and sort of peace. There you go, uh, one champion to another. That just shows you the the respect he has for the game against the respect Wilder really has. I don't care if it's an alter ego or not. I shouldn't be saying it. Simple as that. And that about wraps it up. I think for for today's episode. So as always. I want to go through the final segment of uh, I say final segment I mean final part of the show so final part of the show for us would be to tell you to give us a follow on social media find us at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast on Facebook you can email us at Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast at gmail.com that's our email address give us a question give us an episode you want to talk talk to us about we, say, we keep saying it for weeks I'm going to do it this week after this goes live I'm going to put a Twitter poll out for a few days. I think it's time we, we looked at another singular episode and, and, and a one-off special. And I'll, uh, I'll I'll come up with a few categories and we'll have a discussion about that off the podcast. But I think it's I think it's time to get some um, some more little singular episodes going. I really do enjoy the uh, the subject matters that we that we discuss and some of the favourite things that we like to talk about when it comes to boxing. But yeah, guys, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a share when the episode goes live on Thursday. Share it around with your friends. Tell tell everybody about Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast and keep doing what you're doing because we really appreciate it and. It reflects in, in in the amount of downloads that we're getting and the amount of listen and it's it's really starting to sort of for us personally starting to to, to to pay off and quite humbling to know that there's, there's that many people listening to this show on a weekly basis now. So if you've got anything you want to want to speak to us about, we're we're always on Twitter or we're always myself. I'm always on Facebook, so you can always catch us on there uh, on either of the platforms. And yeah, Cole, I'll hand it over to you for the final word. Yeah, one hundred percent, Sean. As I said, it is it is humbling to see people kind of enjoying it and the, and the kind of the time we put in and the work we put in 
to bring them kind of interviews and boxing kind of um boxing analysis so yeah all i can say is going to add to what sean said is that if you if you enjoy your boxing and you know anyone who does enjoy your boxing just give us a share or give us a little mention or kind of uh, if you have any questions don't be afraid to email across i'm sure we'll cover it in, in any show that uh that's needed but um yeah it's just it is exciting times ahead and then if you tune in each week um there is exciting times ahead so um, yeah, just you can give us a follow or you can hint your wonder about the show. Don't be afraid to email across. We're uh, we're, we're not scary people. We'll cover everything when it comes to boxing. And uh, no, I just really appreciate all the kind words and, and everyone giving a listen because it does appear to be grown each week. Yeah, no, it really does. And I, I'm really grateful for that. And I don't consider myself to be some sort of major boxing expert, but I do, ex- I do consider myself to have a good degree of knowledge. Although there's been a few little things on this episode today where my mind's gone completely from one fighter to another. Hey, but hey ho, it's just one of them things where nobody's perfect. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Next week is episode number 30. 30 episodes of Beyond the Rocks Boxing Podcast. I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to discussing next week's action. And thank you very much for listening. And we'll we'll speak to you and see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.